to the Save Room, your safe haven for gaming news and discussion. My name's Kevin. My name's Daniel. And this is episode 124. 124. See, so you got 24 after okay. 100. Is what, is, yeah. <laughs> is what's happening. You're always going to break down the numbers. Yeah, because I numbers and, are an interesting thing, right? And, well, this episode is going to be all about numbers. Yeah, nothing but numbers. This is like the big business numbers episode. Microsoft has swallowed Activision Blizzard because that's what Microsoft does. Like the great big monstro corp it is. When you have so much money that you can change the world, all you should do is just buy brands. Mm-hmm. That's all. Don't like... Fix the water in Flint, Michigan. <laughs> Go ahead and buy yourself Activision Blizzard instead. That that seems more sensible. The the amount of money too that they shelled out for this deal is like unfathomable. Like I can't even think of like what I would ever do with that amount of money. Taking or, years to count each dollar, like one by one. That's crazy. I guess the only benefit is that's that this was um, actual money. Uh, this was a cash transaction instead of being decentralized crypto fucking board ape bullshit so this is the first episode where we don't have to mention nfts this is great actually we could if what you wanted f- to why because we are creators and not haters oh no i forgot all about this oh no this is, we'll do a small byline okay. before we get into news because the bulk this of the is episode a hit job. <laughs> the bulk of the episode is literally going to be us talking about yeah. microsoft's acquisition nothing of- but Activision Blizzard, it's it's a big one, so hunker down on that. We're going to try and keep it as slim as we can and yeah. focus on that as the topic. But So, <laughs> Troy Baker, famed mm. video game voice actor, you know, known for his roles in Uncharted. Uh, he was Joel in The Last of Us. I believe he was in the Batman games, too. As Arkham who? Games. Wasn't as he, who? Wasn't he uh, the Joker? He was the Joker. In one of them? And yeah. he played Two-Face in um, Arkham City, mm-hmm. which has not aged remarkably well, by the way. A lot of people's favorite superhero game of all time. Mm-hmm. Spider-Man took the throne. Sorry, Bats. <laughs> Why don't you go cry about it in Crime Alley? <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that where his parents died? Throw him. Exactly. <laughs> Why would you do yeah, that to the them? Yeah, comic, the comic fans would get it. <laughs> <laughs> so Mr. Troy Baker uh, got under some flame. I think it was late. Oh, what week is it even? It was before this week. I think it was like last Friday. Yeah, probably. Um, about... The fact that he was partnering and coming up with his own NFT. And it's it's for creators in, in the voice acting space, too. So he's trying to promote, like, the this new branding of NFTs that will, you know, tap into that side of the market. And okay. he got immediately flamed for it. Yes, he did. People were not happy with it. <laughs> no, they weren't. I mean, when you come onto the scene with just some... Um abject clownery people are going to tell you that your shoes are too big Mm -hmm. and your nose makes a honk honk sound okay (laughs) and that's what troy did he came in there and the thing about the thing that that, that got me about it is that he said uh you either can hate or create Mm -hmm. what was the quote again you're a hater or creator i'm looking for it it's like he 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 knew that people were going to feel a very strong way about this and yet he was doing it nonetheless and it's either he is incredibly naive he is a man that lives in a, uh, I, I don't know. It's a weird bubble. C- kind of like a sound booth. He lives in a, in a perpetual sound booth and may- maybe doesn't understand the common man anymore, right? Mm-hmm. Um, or he is fully cognizant of the hate and vitriol for NFTs and was just like, well, I'm not going to say no to this money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Another revenue stream. So his first tweet on it was, I'm partnering with at Voiceverse NFT to explore ways where we together, we might bring new tools to new creators to make new things and allow everyone a chance to own and invest in the IPs they create. We all have a story to tell. You can hate or you can create. What'll it be? 
And it's really just that kind of like pompous pretentiousness that like he deserved to get dragged for. Because it's like, come on, Troy. He gave us an online ultimatum. Yeah, <laughs> is, that, is that what he did? He's all he's right. always seemed a little pretentious, and that really did not help his his case at all. Um, Seems like everyone chose to hate in this instance. A fault. His follow up tweets on it too were: "I always want to be a part of the conversation, even if it sometimes finds me in the midst of a loud one. I appreciate y'all sharing your thoughts and giving me a lot to think about. I'm just a storyteller out here, trying to tell my story to who whomever will hear, and I'm hoping I can help others do the same. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. I'm grateful that there are those who are passionate about their stance and not only feel safe to express that, but also have the means to do so." The quote, hate slash create part might have been a bit antagonistic. I oh, hope yeah. y'all can forgive me for that. Bad attempt to bring levity. Yeah, it was a really funny joke. There's something about um, that first statement, mm-hmm. which is, I always want to be a part of the conversation. I think we've learned, especially with um, certain social upheavals over the last few years, that not everyone belongs in the conversation that wants mm-hmm. to have it. It's interesting that this man's ego said, I need to barge down the door of NFTs and normalize them because I see a future here, which mm-hmm. equates to, I see money in this, <laughs> which is the only reason people are fighting so hard for it. It's just ridiculous. Money is really just bending this world to its will, isn't mm-hmm. it? That's what this episode's about. Yeah. At its heart. Yeah. I don't want to stick too long on the conversation because like, I don't really care at all. I think it's just funny that like he is... He's going to be the first of many who jump on this trend Mm. in a way. And he is not going to be the last to get like just dragged through the mud for it. Because I I think there's a a kind of unilateral thought that like, yeah, NFTs are tacky. They suck. They don't contribute anything to art. In a lot of cases, it is contributing to theft of art. Yeah. Right. Like, and it's just, it's also seeming to cause like just kind of bad reputation in a way where it's like, oh, if, if. Personally, if I'm seeing like a company is jumping on the NFT bandwagon, I'm just like, ah, it kind of makes me like rethink, you know, my, my relationship with them you know, mm. a little bit. Yeah. And it's, it's a shame to see like artists as well jump on this like pretty quickly. Right. Cause it's like the first, you know, boundary or border that got kicked down to the NFTs like Boss mm-hmm. Logic. You ever hear of Boss Logic? Yeah. The guy that does all those crazy, really detailed like uh, arts. Yeah. He, he's, he's on the NFT train as well. And I'm mm. just like, oh, really? That sucks. That sucks to know. But it's going to keep on happening. You're going to find out a lot of people suck over the next uh, every day. Matthew Lilliard. Mm-hmm. Check his PFP, bro. I saw that. Yeah. They're doing a new thing on, <laughs> on Twitter now where they're introducing like NFT profile pictures to where it's like a hexagonal frame. It's, it's a whole new thing. <laughs> yeah. If you go to like upload a new photo on Twitter, it asks if you are uploading a normal photo or if you're uploading an NFT. <laughs> if I'm up- uploading from the blockchain? Yeah, though? have you not seen that? No, I have not seen that. It's... I haven't updated my photo in a while. I haven't either, but I'll, I'll show you real quick because it is uh... literally one of the worst things I could ever think to want. So yeah, <sighs> upload photo or choose NFT. Or choose NFT. I just got my NFT laying around on my phone. Like, how do I prove to them that it's my NFT? What do I need to do for that? You want to press a button? Press a button. <laughs> press a button. <laughs> we got to show them your digital re- receipt hiding on a blockchain somewhere in like Uganda. You know, that's cool. Wherever it is. Well, I hope global warming kills us all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think. Is there any other weird flyby shit that happened this week in gaming outside of the Activision stuff and mm-hmm. Bobby Kotek being a gigantic, enormous fucking dick? Um, no-ish. Hmm. No. Okay. Maybe not. I know next month, February, we're getting Majora's Mask on Nintendo Switch Online. Okay. That's pretty cool. Uh, and I heard they also kind Andrew's of... Andro's already out right now. 
Which one? Banjo. You oh, can play nice. jam- banjo on the online Switch. People Very seem good. like I've never played banjo in my life. Hmm. Uh-uh. Not the instrument, not the the bear with a with a bird fucking cockatoo. Yeah. <laughs> cool. It's a bird. It's just a bird? <laughs> yeah, come on. Colorful man. fucking bird. Toucan? I'm more of a, a banjo tooie fan myself. Oh, all right. Yeah. A lot lot more interesting mechanics. You could become mm. more things in that game. You know, uh one guy I've always trucked with? Hmm. Gex. The gecko. It's tail time, baby. Is that a famous gex? Yeah, he says, it's tail time! And then he spins his tail. I always thought that was great. What, what does Banjo say? <laughs> oh, yuck. <laughs> we need to seize the, seize the means of reduction. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> well, I'm glad it's on uh, Nintendo Switch Online, at least, so I can learn all of his cool catchphrases. Yeah, it's cool. <laughs> don't tread on me. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you can hate or create. <laughs> Famous Banjo-Kazooie line. <laughs> What's the birds say? Help me! <laughs> Get me off of them! <laughs> what, do they talk well, they all talk like, like what what sounds like Animal Crossing characters, where it's like... Oh. Yeah. It's, like oh. it's like nothing speak. I hate that. That's like TV static noise coming out of people's mouths. Mm-hmm. It's creepy. Well, anyway... I guess we got to tell the kids at home who we are. Get in case it. they forgot 124 times ago. Uh, <laughs> we are, of course, the save room. I have big news, by the way. We have been acquired by Microsoft. Now, you won't see any change in our program, but I do want to take a personal aside and mention that Phil Spencer is a huge dick, real massive hog. You can find us in SoundCloud.com slash The Save Room Show, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, and RSS feeds across, well, the metaverse now, because mm-hmm. it's all owned by Facebook, I guess, or whatever's fucking happening. I do want to say, if you guys aren't privy to it, Spotify now has like a rating feature. Oh. If you wanted to give our podcast a nice little rating, you know, give us a nice little five star if you think we're worth five stars. Maybe a four star if you think we're worth four stars. Nothing lower than that, though. Gotcha. Um, I would, I would, uh, I like the sentiment. I'm going to change it just a little bit. Sure. You only give us five stars. <laughs> okay. There's nothing else. I mean, there's not a lot riding on our, our yeah. rating. It would just be cool to be a five star podcast on Spotify. Listen, we want Spotify to like knock down our door and make that big old acquisition. Right? So we can turn this into a full-time job. Well, no. Not Spotify. Full t- to, be, to be a legitimate, like, entertainment yeah. gaming <laughs> situation like we're trying to be, we got to get bought up by Rooster Teeth. Rooster Teeth? Yeah. That should be our MCM. Mm-hmm. By, owned by Times Warner Media. Yeah, we could sell merchandise there. We can hang out with the... The, the kind of funny people, fun houses, right. we can do it all. Oh, dude, that sounds so cool. We can improv with the, the Willems. And, and Wouldn't make, you love that, though? Funny, Wouldn't it be so much fun? Funny, funny jokes. <laughs> I doubt anybody would, like, like jive with us, right? Like, do you think that they would just look at us and be like, look at these these look contrarians. These, these fucking these... saltine white cracker so, yeah. boys. Why, why are they so against Bobby Kotek? He's just trying to get his bread, and his bread happens to be worth a small island. Maybe a large island at this point. <laughs> Maybe like a medium-sized Epstein Island. <laughs> a medium Epstein? Oh, no. Yeah. It's not great. Not great. Well. What else was I going to say there? I don't know. Oh, our Game of the Year podcast is yep. finally out. All four hours and 40-something minutes of it. So go check it out. It's a hit. We talk about a lot of games on there. People seem to really like it. Yeah. Uh, my okay. uncle said it was a little long. Okay. He sent me that famous 
Arrested Development gif of, of Michael just flopping on the on the ground. Like, <laughs> he was like four hours podcasting. Jeez. I mean, he's dedicated. He'll yeah, listen he's, he listened to it anyway. He listened to the whole thing? Yeah, he keeps coming back. Good man. So check good it out man. if you want to hear us talk about Game of the Year. We got our good friend Chelsea Heckabad on the show as well. Indeed. Talked about games that we didn't play this year. Disco Elysium. Tales of Arise, even though Kevin played that. I, I also played Disco Elysium, yeah. but we don't need to we don't need to correct you on air. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> but I, I played like 10 minutes of it, and I was yeah. like, that's a lot of fucking words! And then I turned it off. Well, did you play it over at twitch.tv slash the writer? Because if you didn't, it's unstreamable. it didn't count. It's unstreamable. Yeah. That's an unstreamable game, in my opinion, unless like I just turn off my mic. <laughs> what, what makes a streamable game for you? A game where uh, you can kind of ease into the mechanics without thinking about them too much. Hack and slashes are good for that mm-hmm. so are shooters yeah. um and a game that doesn't have too much uh doesn't have a bunch of cutscenes and stuff like sometimes it's fun to react to cutscenes, you mm-hmm. know last of us or whatever have you but um any game that is basically like espousing a novel mm-hmm. is difficult to stream over because i'm just talking over somebody else talking mm-hmm. which as i don't know what it does for listeners or viewers for me that that dissonance is like too much mm-hmm. like i'm like no way because i can only focus on like one or the other <laughs> Some people really like the idea of, like, I guess games with a lot of dialogue where there isn't voiceover work, where the streamer will, like, kind of give their own bets of it. Like, they'll, yeah. they'll, they will out loud speak the lines. I think I would give myself throat cancer. Yeah. Uh, trying to do it. Because I've, I've done a few games like that, like old Final Fantasy, where you mm-hmm. try to do, like, you know, Final Fantasy 8 I was streaming, mm-hmm. trying to voice everybody. One, it's difficult to give everyone a unique voice. Yeah. And me, with the vo- way my voice sounds, it's also difficult to voice women. Mm-hmm. I'm not being exclusionary. That's Ninja. Mm-hmm. But I am saying. You couldn't do, like, a Renoa? Like, give me a famous Renoa line. Squall, how lion is that heart? I love that he asked for a Renoa line and then did one <laughs> himself. Uh, what would Renoa sound like? Um, we gotta go to the ball, Squall. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Nailed it. And then Sophie would be like, "I'm excitable." <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I gotta. I can't. I gotta play Apex Legends. <laughs> they do their own lines, bro. Yeah, I had that problem yeah. when I streamed Kingdom Hearts 3, which was something I was really excited to do because I was like, holy shit, I got a lot of legacy with this game. This is the new one. Started streaming it and it almost became unstreamable for me because yeah. there's so much narrative, so much to take in. And I just felt like I was watching and taking it in more than like being an entertainer in that moment. Yeah. And I, I feel like that dichotomy gets weird because it stops being entertaining and it's just like, okay, you're just watching me watch a thing. Uh, Yakuza is like difficult for that way, but people seem to love it nonetheless, mm-hmm. right? Like whenever somebody streams Yakuza, but I think that's also difficult because any Yakuza stream could either be nothing but beat 'em up gameplay or literally two percent gameplay. The mm-hmm. rest is just talking. Yeah, or doing guess, sim games. Uh, which one? Sim games? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Doing a little fucking well, Dragon Cart's fun. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a great one. except for trying to get the trophy for it. But otherwise, it was fun. Very fun. Well, if anybody wanted to watch Daniel stream Kingdom Hearts 3, you can find him at twitch.tv slash Dungeons and Daniels. I actually considered going back to Kingdom Hearts 1. 1. And just starting from there and streaming through like some wow. of those games on, on PlayStation 5. Yeah. So, so we're putting Final Fantasy 15 in the grave. It's not like in the grave in the grave. But it's dead. It's still there. Okay. I'll go back to it. Yeah, it's going to start to stink because it's dead. <laughs> you should put it in the <laughs> I played it once. Wow. I played it one time. I put like two and a half hours in that stream yeah. thinking there were going to be like 60 other streams to come after. There might still be. 
Yeah, I it's hard. Like doing some of the stream arcs is difficult because like I've I've stopped and started a few where mm-hmm. I'm just like I thought I could play every Batman until I got to Arkham City and realized like oh this is all dated and the mm-hmm. writing really sucks. Like it does. It sucks these days. Um, a lot of it is just written by uh, dudes from 20 or 2008, <laughs> right? And so Catwoman, everything she says is like, a blowjob, bats? And I'm just like, what the fuck? <laughs> Wait, what version of the game do you have? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you don't have Arkham, Arkham uh, Blowjob Edition? <laughs> no, I don't have that one. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> wow. You should check it out. A blowy for bats. Yeah, the return, return to Arkham. <laughs> you should play that. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see what I stream next. I have kind of a small vacation coming up where i'm off for like six days yeah um i'm not really sure what i want to kind of dive into there i'm i still have chicory like on the backlog ready to play on stream and then there might be something else um you and i got back into dark souls 3 we this did week. so I, I streamed some of that with you last night that was cool yeah but we're kind of on a like a co-op quest here so i wouldn't want to stream that by myself really right so i not... mean i can't stream by myself great great well no, we're tro- no, no, we got to get through at least like the that that one ending together and <laughs> then true. we could just fucking do whatever we want that's after true. that but well we got to go after the other trophies yeah it's time to plot that game time to plot after it. how many years i can't do math from 2016 uh, it came out in 2016 so it's it's funny looking at like my trophy log yep. of that game over the years where it's like all right i popped trophies in 2016 one in 2017 i popped some trophies last year mm-hmm. so it's yep. it's a long haul platinum but yeah, yeah. Otherwise, I'm not really sure. I know like that Uncharted collection's coming out this month or next month mm-hmm. with uh with the Legacy of Thieves. Yeah, or so th- it's part four, and then it's Lost Legacy together mm-hmm. as remastered. I haven't played Lost Legacy, so I that could be cool. No, if there's an upgrade if you own either of those games, which I do. Mm. Uh, Lost Legacy is very good. It's a heard. very good game. I've heard great stuff. I had a lot of fun streaming Uncharted Four because it had like mods and just like weird goofy things you could do. Uh. Yeah, there was like a no gravity mode, which is really fun. Yeah, usually Drake has gravity. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> and I just different. took it out from him. It's like, very. Oh. Yeah, you kill an enemy and they just fucking go like parachuting away. It's yeah, great. Some very uh, Shadows of the Empire kind mm-hmm. of stuff. You remember where you can have the god mode and then the jump and you just jump forever? That was a great game. Did you play any of those mods? Did you do the cheats? Uh, no, I didn't cheat in that game. Oh, wow. I knew of them. That's a shame. But I wasn't a cheat. I That's was an honest rebel. An honest rebel, isn't that back on Switch? Didn't they like re-release that, or is that like one we're waiting for N sixty four drop? It's a good question because I know they did the thing for Pod Racer. Yeah, because that was like kind of a remaster, mm-hmm. not real. There's there's like a, a version of remasters that's just like I won't call them low effort, but they're definitely like we're not going to do anything except for like update the visuals, and mm-hmm. that's fucking it, right? Uh, Night Dive is good at those. Although I would say their Turok remasters are really good. Mm-hmm. Like they somehow made it feel functionally like good. But there's others that are just like the Pod Racers, like it's one for one. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing. Or or they did all of the fucking, um, what do they call them? Jedi Academy games? Or the Jedi Knight Outcast games? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You ever played no. play those? Kyle Katarn. Kyle Katarn. Kyle Katarn. Heard about that one. Disgraced Jetty. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's, he's out there. He just wanted to pop open a beer and the Jedi can't drink. And he said, what? And then he fucking stopped being a Jedi. That's the whole story. He became a smuggler. Well, I guess better yeah. that route than like killing a school of kids. Well, Jedi Academy has some. Oh, yeah, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> well, I guess we have some episode to get into. Yeah, let's bite into it. Let's bite into this. This is all about Activision. I got to tell you, I got to preface. Everyone's kind of saying that this might be one of the biggest gaming pieces of news perhaps 
ever. I think it can definitely. You, can you think t- of a b- bigger like deal? I mean, look to last year, the state of yeah. California suing Activision Blizzard. That yeah. was a pretty big deal. That was something that was being covered like across multiple different publications. Mm-hmm. When you have like a civil case going on for it, and you know, not only your Wall Street journals and your fucking you know your game spots are covering, but it's it's being heard everywhere. That was mm-hmm. a pretty big deal. So you said you think that's the biggest news event. Of all one of I'm just thinking back because like in the in the six years that we've been doing this like there uh-huh. there have been you know acquisitions that have happened for sure right. right acquisitions happen like every day um well what's interesting is but like nothing of this size Activision obviously. acquiring Blizzard was more money dollar value than things like Bethesda mm-hmm. like Microsoft getting Bethesda so this is way bigger than that yeah for in, that was like 18 billion by the way that deal when Blizzard merged yeah. um and this feels on the level of like. I mean, because we're talking about, like, big corporations kind of teetering on maybe yeah. being monopolistic. But it reminds me of, like, when Disney started buying out, like, you know, Fox and Marvel. Oh, it's exactly the same. Star- yeah, exactly. There's so no difference. It's yeah. kind of in that, that echelon. Yeah, um, it's definitely a consolidation thing here. Yeah, I mean, people have echoed that maybe, like, Sony pulling out of E3 was a big one. Yeah, that could be a big one. That was a big one for sure. That turned heads. This one's, like everyone's asking questions about like where does the industry go next like mm-hmm. what's it going to be like in a couple of years like what is everything so there, there's a lot to unpack but it's i guess kind of ground shattering though to think of like the implications of it and mm-hmm. granted I, we're going to talk about like the many facets of it and the thing is like we're not going to really see the ramifications of it for like probably another like four or so years it's going to be a while yeah i mean we still haven't even really seen a shakeout with a bethesda deal yet i mean the games are in game pass and that's been it Right? There hasn't yeah. been much else. Like, you know, uh, we haven't seen a, a completely net new Microsoft developed Bethesda game. Well, um, Starfield see... was already in production yeah. and all the rest. Yeah. Well, that Starfield was going to be the one I, that I mentioned. Yeah. Where, because isn't that supposed to be Microsoft exclusive now? It is. So, it is. That's a big one. Yeah. Although I won't say, yeah, that's weird because that game is in, was in production before the deal. And so I'm, I'm just wondering what do games look like that are produced under Microsoft? And I guess like um, things that they've announced already, even though. I would say Elder Scrolls, like, 6, is probably a game that's, like, okay, that's what it, a, a Microsoft-owned Bethesda game is going to look like. Mm-hmm. Because, like, the duration of its production is going to be, like, during that tenureship. So, yeah, it's interesting. Um, this deal in particular, the probably the biggest dollar amount deal that we've seen in gaming. Um, maybe there's other exceptions. Like, yeah. Tencent was on a buying spree of some shit, but they always buy things that we don't seem to care about. Like yep. Activision is a Activision Blizzard is an industry force, mm-hmm. right? This acquisition puts Microsoft revenue wise or capital wise, they're number three on the list. Mm-hmm. Tencent being number one, Sony being number two, and Microsoft being number three right now. They've been bumped up from their spots. I forget where it was on the top ten mm-hmm. as far as like the most uh, uh, capital gain company whatever it's called but the disparity between like the top three and everything underneath is just it's ridiculous yeah it's enormous and part of it's because microsoft's been buying the ones (laughs) below them (laughs) it's fucking crazy so number one microsoft is going to acquire activision blizzard ink's not dry we gotta gotta remind people ink's not dry Mm -hmm. on january 18th microsoft the redmond washington tech giant announced plans to acquire activision blizzard in an all-cash transaction of 68.7 billion dollars wow (laughs) i again i can't fathom what that amount of money looks like in all-cash transaction nonetheless Mm -hmm. like it's fucking crazy you could buy a a couple of uh lamborghinis with that money maybe even 12 (laughs) 
<laughs> I can buy 12 Lamborghinis with that. Um, or if a Lamborghini cost a billion dollars, I can buy 68. <laughs> I could buy 68 NFTs yeah. of Lamborghinis. Of Lamborghinis, yeah. but there's a board ape driving it. <laughs> now, this makes this the largest transaction in gaming history. In comparison, Microsoft spent a measly $7.5 billion on Bethesda back in 2020. Measly. A joke chump change, bro. It it feels <laughs> crazy to compare the two side by side, thinking about like the IPs that land under Bethesda and thinking yeah. about everything that lands under Activision Blizzard. And this acquisition feels like a way bigger impact. I mean, for Dis- sure. Disney bought both Star Wars and Marvel for less money than the Activision deal. Oh, yeah. Like both of those only amounted to what? Both were like $4.5 billion mm-hmm. each? Yeah, thereabouts. <laughs> Fucking hell, dude. So Phil Spencer, the man that is Xbox, said, quote, Players everywhere love Activision Blizzard games, <laughs> and we believe the creative teams have their best work in front of them. Together, we will build a future where people can play the games they want virtually anywhere they want, end quote. Unspoken part, except PlayStation. <laughs> now, From an IP standpoint, this deal grants Microsoft ownership over World of Warcraft, Diablo, and Overwatch from the Blizzard stable. The golden goose, however, is Call of Duty, arguably one of the most successful video game franchises of all time. Additionally, Microsoft now has a mobile footprint uh, uh, with Candy Crush. Uh, and So now they own your mom. <laughs> now they own your mom. <laughs> Fuck. It's, it's true. Like, it's, sorry, kids. Now, this news arrives in the shadow of allegations that Activision Blizzard is a toxic workplace and has been for years. The company is currently embroiled in a series of lawsuits involving sexual harassment, discrimination, and blatant sexism. This past November, the Wall Street Journal Journal reported that Bobby Kotek was aware of the sexual misconduct happening at his company and actively worked to keep this information away from shareholders. In one instance, HR determined a male staffer should be fired after sexually harassing a co-worker, but Bobby intervened to keep the employee. Now, however, Kotek will not be ousted right away, despite the fact everyone on earth fucking wants exactly that. During a recent fireside chat, Kotick told employees, quote, I can tell you that my commitment to the company is to remain in my role. Once the deal closes, what I've committed to Microsoft is I will stay as long as is necessary to ensure we have a great integration and a great transition, end quote. The Washington Post reports that Kotick was seven minutes late to said meeting and only remained for 16 minutes before ending early. <laughs> Not a lot of confidence given to the team. <laughs> and he also uh, didn't address literally anything about unionization or the allegations or improving the workforce. Nope, none of, none of these are important to this man, by the way. An anonymous employee told the Post, quote, All the fear and anger felt is still tied up in Bobby Kotek and what harm he will inflict until the torch is passed to Microsoft, end quote. Now, this deal is expected to close by early 2023. Uh, Got one more bit here. One question that has emerged, especially when giant corporations begin gobbling up other companies, is what regulators will think of this deal. PC gamers Andy Chalk wrote, quote, The absorption of Activision Blizzard will unquestionably turn Microsoft into a game industry behemoth, but the general consensus right now is that it's unlikely uh, to trigger antitrust action because it's a vertical transaction, a larger company purchasing a smaller one that performs an essentially different function. Activision Blizzard, with revenues in excess of $8 billions in 2020, 8 billions, I said, in 2020, is certainly a major video game publisher, but it's dwarfed by Microsoft, which posted more than 140 
$3 billion in revenues over the same fucking period, end quote. Whew, all right. So we have a few things to fucking get into there. Mm-hmm. A lot of it was money talk, but there's a lot of concerns about Kotek himself. He's become, uh, how would you say... Uh, the Vince McMahon of video gaming, except he's actually evil and it's not like a mm-hmm. show. Although I hear Vince McMahon is kind of evil too in real life. Yeah, a little, little bit. <laughs> but um, the, the, there's a lot of questions, a lot of uncertainty, and I think with acquisitions, this is this is a common thing because you know you got people going. What's the culture of our company going to be like? Uh, okay, let, let me let me put Activision Blizzard, Blizzard to the side for a second. In any acquisition, the acquiree is going to ask, "What is our culture going to be like? Mm-hmm. What's going to change? And who's going to get gone? Basically, who's going to be considered redundant?" Uh, now add in Activision Blizzard's problems, which is they have had a culture of harassment for almost the duration of its life cycle. Mm-hmm. There have been systemic failings uh, toward the women and people of color that work there. And you have things like Bobby exonerating harassers because he values their output more than the damage that they cause on employees. And so the question becomes, well, how is Microsoft going to come in and clean this up? Or are they? Do they care? Do they have a stake in this? <laughs> you know i feel like a lot of phil's impetus for this is is thinking that he can come in and do some change and rehabilitate the the public facing image of activision blizzard hmm. especially considering like some of the work that he's done since being at microsoft right because microsoft wasn't always like well especially on the gaming side like it wasn't always a great company they had their kind of like ups and downs as well and then he came in started diversifying like you know the boards all the people that work underneath him and trying to make it a more welcoming and kind of like equitable workplace right so like there's a lot of strides that he's been doing internally with microsoft and xbox and then to turn around and just be like all right well this is a big company right here that we don't like what's what's happening we don't like the treatment of the employees we don't like any of this so maybe we can come in and help Mm -hmm. and i think it's it's a major task to take on I think he can I think they can do it. You just they really have to have like kind of their I guess their heart and priorities in the right place with it, right? Cuz a lot of people are just like, "Well, we just shifted from one corporation to another. Cool. Now we work for Microsoft. What's really going to change?" It also brings up the question is um are these struggles or did these struggles create the opportunity for Microsoft to come in and take it all? Mm-hmm. You know, where maybe Bobby was in a better position a couple years back. Uh, cause I, you have to, from what I'm hearing, the assumption is that Microsoft has been eyeballing Activision for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is this vacuum of, of terribleness that was 2020. Well, mm-hmm. actually <laughs> 20, 2020, 2021 for mm-hmm. Activision Blizzard. Hell, even 2019 with the Blitzchunk stuff, right? Yeah. It's like just all this bad PR and bad goodwill and the fact that, they their output of games on the Blizzard side has kind of stalled. Mm-hmm. Um, things aren't working internally. Diablo's been rebooted about four to five different times, according to Jason Schreier. Uh, and Overwatch 2, as we'll get into another mm-hmm. article on here, has also suffered from great delay. So therefore, the yeah. the stocks are were weakening. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even Bobby Kotick out loud said that the stocks were declining because of these delays. Yeah, I'm trying to think of like the last major title that came out from Blizzard. I mean, Overwatch was probably the last like n- definitely like the last new ip i could think of there were a few like remasters that came out uh, world of right? warcraft 3 yeah was, uh, was actually a fucking bungle um because mm-hmm. they did not do a good job with it and a lot of people called them out for not doing yeah. a good job i and guess then, the last other thing was diablo 2 right? yeah resurrected yeah 
which I've heard middling defined things about. So it this is a large task for like Phil Spencer and Co. to be taking on. Yeah. You have a lot of eyes on you. Uh, mm-hmm. not just on the North American stage, like on a global stage right now. Like what what are you really gonna do to like take in this company, affect good change, and really turn things around? I, my concern as an, like if I were an employee working there right now, my concern would be all the noise about this acquisition mm-hmm. puts all that stuff in the shadow. Um, and I hope that's not true. I mean, I, I've at least seen every article that mentions this deal also mention the allegations you, that are surfacing it, right? You kind of have to. It's like you yeah. can't talk about one without the other. It's right? like it's a part of its DNA mm-hmm. at this point. It's like that is Activision Blizzard. In the same way when we talk about Ubisoft, we also go like, oh, yeah, they're really shitty mm-hmm. and protect abusers internally and try to hide that from the public as much as possible rather than actually rectifying it. Mm-hmm. These are all true things about these horrible corporations. Thinking so, about like all the stuff that's going on, too, and I mean, didn't. Raven just have like a really big like walkout situation. They're trying to unionize right now. Yeah, so like that's all happening too. So like there, there's definitely like a a group of people at the core of it trying to make sure that their struggles aren't being kind of just like washed over with like the hype of oh my god, is Call of Duty going to be exclusive? Because like there's still like an important struggle like going on at the core. I would just be like, well, so who who do we look to now to like help us out? Like who's going to hear us now? Because Kotick obviously hasn't, Mm -hmm. and I would be. Just as this person saying, I, I would be genuinely concerned too, where it's like, oh, well, Kotex not going anywhere anytime soon. Mm-hmm. Like he might be gone in like two years, but that's a lot of time stuck under that man's leadership. Yeah. He has not given a shit about the problems that Activision has. And in fact, has either enabled or looked the other way this entire time. Mm-hmm. So I, I'd be like, yeah, who's going to fucking help us? It, it was interesting kind of choice words on, on Phil's part to say, yeah, that Bobby was going to remain in power for at least the next year. And there was going to be kind of a, we'll say, peaceful transmission of power. <laughs> yeah. And they can't talk about like any of this right now, right? Until this deal clears, until no. it's like actually finalized, finalized. There's a lot of like legal red tape with it, too. Yeah, so uh, there's no, like, I'm sure, like, Phil has to play it super aloof, you mm-hmm. know, about, like, how how he talks about this deal, how he talks about the future of what's going to happen, and just give us, like, very bird's-eye view vague things. People, but the thing is, like, at this company, within this company, people want answers mm-hmm. <laughs> for what's going on, right? And I, I would be remiss if they are not getting them, which sounds like they're not going yeah. to get them until this is all, the dust settles, I guess. I, I think one of the biggest things, too, like, if I was working there like any acquisition right would be worrying about layoffs right like that's yeah. such a big thing of like big oh one. like like you said how many of these students uh, studios then become redundant how many jobs sure. become redundant and it's that would be my biggest worry really yeah i i would be i would be asking myself right now like oh like what <laughs> when are the round of layoffs gonna occur right mm-hmm. and a part of that fireside chat that bobby was having he said that uh microsoft's gonna try to retain as many people as possible which is another way of saying some of you are going to get fired because mm-hmm. <laughs> he didn't say we're all going to stay. <laughs> nope. Some of you are going to get fired because it, that's just the nature of a merger. They're going to find departments that are either redundant or mm-hmm. Microsoft might look at their current stable of studios and look at what they're getting from Activision and say, do we need Beanox? And that's going to be tough. Yeah. Yeah. Or like, do we need Vicarious Visions? Like, what, what, who do we need? What? How do we consolidate? How do we make this make sense? It's going to happen. Yeah. And we're going to be talking about it within the next, you know, year or two about like, yep, here goes a studio. They liquidated Raven into like Sledgehammer mm-hmm. or they, they decided to combine all three of these fucking like it's Call like, of Duty studios. Yeah, the, the, the main one. Call of Duty studio. They could do yeah. anything they want. You know why? Because they own them. That's true. <laughs> yeah. So it's going to be bad. I or, mean, we'll, we'll see like, you know, there's a high chance that some of them get liquidated. Some mm-hmm. of them might become support studios for others. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, like how much of that cross-pollination exists, you know, that kind of thing. So a lot of questions there. Everything's going to be up in the air. We won't know until it happens, basically. And we, mm. d- we probably won't know anything, like, throughout this year, um, which is a thing. But let's going shifting gears away from, like, those kind of internal questions, because we do have a few, like, uh, news articles and items about that. Yeah. I do want to talk about, like, so what does this mean for xbox and mm-hmm. what does this mean for us the average consumer mm-hmm. my standpoint is the only big difference is that oh it looks like i may not have to pay for call of duty full price every year mm-hmm. that's a cool benefit i guess yeah. as long as i'm playing on an xbox this time i've been playing call of duty on the playstation mm-hmm. all these years but uh if i have to switch for free fuck yeah i will <laughs> game pass is great but on the offset there's not much else that really changes for a consumer um <laughs> like as far as a benefit goes, you know, like I'm, I'm honestly, that's the only thing I can think of. Like what, what, what is the improvement we can expect from Microsoft owning Activision? I'm still trying to wonder what is Microsoft going to change about the studio? Are these, yeah. these, are these games going to come out faster? Probably not. I mean, <laughs> you know, I don't, it's tough, right? Microsoft being a big fucking tech company, they have a lot of tools and assets and resources. So maybe we'll start getting longer projects with more quality behind them. Right, we might see some games kind of walk away, you know, from annual releases. I know there's a whole thing about the Call of Duty thing, where there's kind of conversations and thoughts that like the annual release for that is going to get ditched entirely. Mm-hmm. Um, it's 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 really tough to know what's going to change. I mean, the, obviously the conversation is like, what's going to be exclusive, what's not, you know, <laughs> how is this going to come back to Sony? How does that affect their player base? How is Sony going to react kind of in turn? Yeah, it, it so. just kind of speaks to like this consolidation of power never really seems to benefit the consumer directly, but mm-hmm. it always benefits the corporation that's doing it. Mm-hmm. That's that that's a big change that I want to point out. Like, cool. I mean, we might see some changes with like their release stuff. I, I feel it's a bit different getting the Activision stable than like, let's say, Disney getting... Uh, Star Wars and suddenly going like, cool, now we have an IP plan Mm -hmm. for like, we're going to have our TV shows and all this shit, which has been um, mixed as far as reception goes. But as an example, like, I don't expect them to get Activision and then suddenly look at their IP and be like, all right, Crash Bandicoot's coming out like every four weeks. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, no, like they're going to kind of... You might see Phil come out on stage wearing like the jean shorts and that's like the big celebration. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's just about it, right? Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting. These games on Game Pass, um, Activision has what? They have Crash Bandicoot. Mm-hmm. They have a few other mascot characters. Uh, I guess a lot of people are asking, is Tony Hawk going to come yeah. back in a big way? We had one really great remaster, one, one plus two, and then like just no other plans to do another Tony Hawk game. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, dude, you got to get to three. <laughs> you got to get three up in this shit. Like, please. Yeah. There was kind of a cross section of, uh, Phil Spencer interview with the Washington Post and um, some of it out of context here. Uh, I was looking at the IP list. I mean, let's go, Spencer said. King's Quest, Guitar Hero. I should know this, but I think they got Hexen. Hexen indeed, an Activision Blizzard property, is a cult hit first-person game about using magic spells. Microsoft's pending acquisition of Activision Blizzard also means owning the rights to many creations from gaming's past, including Crash Bandicoot, the original PlayStation mascot. There's also the influential and popular Tony Hawk skateboard series and beloved characters like Spyro the Dragon. So, I mean, yeah, we could see them exercising more creative control over some of these like long-standing like mascot <laughs> franchises for sure. Yeah. Or maybe bringing back some things that just kind of got shuttered that we love from like the PS2, PS3 era. I mean, I would love to see Guitar Hero come back in be a cool. big way, right? Be that would be cool. fucking great. But I, I mean, I get why it wouldn't. 
Well, I mean, if we want to look like small scale, right, you're talking about like, how does this benefit the consumer, right? Like so far, how has the, uh, the Bethesda acquisition benefited us? Uh, it hasn't. If anything, it's made me think like, (laughs) oh shit, now I got to worry about getting an Xbox because some of the games I might want to play. It's actually just benefit depending on the type of consumer. I have to buy another console now and be like, all right, well shit, I'll play Starfield on there one day. Yeah, you know? like so, like that—that's kind of my my point. It's like these acquisitions rarely benefit the consumer directly, mm-hmm. unless we're talking about like kind of doing something with stagnant IP again that might be interesting. Yeah. Which it doesn't sound like they bought this fucking company for Call of Duty and Blizzard. Like I don't know what to tell you. That's mm-hmm. exactly why they bought this company. <laughs> they they bought the Halo killer, right? Yeah. So now you can't kill Halo because we own both, motherfucker. Like, Jesus Christ. It, it is pretty nuts to just be like, yeah, we kind of gobbled up the most popular annual shooter. Like, thinking Whoa. back on, like, what, 2020 and 2021, like, Call of Duty, uh, which one was that? Fuck. The one that came out in 2021. In 2021? Yeah. Like, Cold War? No. Uh, No, hang on. 2021 was Vanguard. Vanguard. And then Warzone the year before, like, these, these IPs themselves brought in, like, almost four billion dollars yeah so like they're really looking at like all right how can we get a piece of that pie let's just take the whole pie just take the whole fucking pie (laughs) take them out of the yeah and i i think um one thing i was listening to jeff grubb over at uh grub snack slash venture beat slash games beat they really need to work on branding Mm -hmm. but um (laughs) he was saying that microsoft is actively like trying to change gaming mm-hmm. by like remaking the industry in the face of game pass mm-hmm. by saying that the platform shouldn't matter anymore it's about us understanding we're going to get you content where you are mm-hmm. right they're 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 taking on the subscription model hell netflix had a response to this deal it was so fucking big that netflix was like this is just further proof that the subscription model is here to fucking stay mm-hmm. also we've jacked up the prices again <laughs> while we were talking <laughs> like that's it's the truth of it though I, I like this subscription model. It, mm. it, it's good. There's some drawbacks. We're all renters now. We're mm-hmm. not owners of this content anymore. You will not own Starfield when it comes out to mm-hmm. Game Pass. You are, you are saying, Papa Philly, may I play it this weekend, sir? Yeah. Until yeah. they decide to rotate it out for something else. Yeah, or right. make you pay for it at a certain point. Who mm-hmm. knows? Possible. Who knows? But um, yeah, so there... It's interesting where, like, we, like, such an about face from 2013 where they were fucking, Xbox as a company was stepping on rakes, where Sony was leading the race by just kind of backing the thing that makes this industry work, Mm -hmm. the games. Just backing the games and saying, here, we have an easy, clean way to to get you to games. Mm -hmm. Don't worry about fucking DRM or or fucking use it not working on your console and all sorts whatever mm-hmm. the discussion was in 2013 that was nuts right mm-hmm. but that, those were our concerns back in the day now it's like consolidation of power <laughs> thinking of them like trying to become like a big competitor in the eyes of sony again coming off of like the xbox one generation into this current gen like they bought 20 something studios like yes in what 2018 yeah uh that were kind of only just now starting to see some promise of ip uh of and it's definitely this has not only turned my head but maybe broke my neck of just like how much whiplash this gave me to be like fuck they own a lot of ip now they can really boast the fact that like they have a very competitive catalog what they do with it how they allocate it how they maybe make it accessible is going to be a whole other conversation which i'd be interested to see like how that you know pans out right hmm. do we inevitably get conversations where it's like maybe we do see game pass one day on like playstation right like 
it it could happen. I don't know. Do you want to piece that out right real quick? We could. Like, I think the other side of it is like, so how does Sony respond is a big question on people's minds. For yeah. me, I'm a little more like, well, what does the industry look like uh, when one company decides that they're going to own it is, mm-hmm. is my question, right? Like Microsoft is going to continue doing acquisitions and continue getting things on the Game Pass. And I'm just kind of like, will the games be as innovative in the future when one company is making all the decisions? When, when, when one fucking company is mm-hmm. driving the vision for gaming? What does gaming look like? Because you know what? Tough, yeah. <laughs> Innovation doesn't come from these fucking quadruple A developers. It mm-hmm. comes from a lot of indies. Yeah. And they're not the ones that are a part of these deals. One one concern that I have would be now that Microsoft has a huge stable of studios that have different disciplines and different backgrounds, that they're going to start tasking some of these studios to make those like um, lost leader like ideation things and start to just kind of edge out the independent space entirely because mm. now you have a corporate owned studio with funding that can make an innovative indie alike mm-hmm. it, it is completely not an independent studio they're completely funded but you're you're getting shit like chicory out of like your smaller studios uh, yeah and that might make it way harder for independents to actually thrive in this industry too that's one prediction that i have will occur that they'll say to themselves, we don't need to make a deal with an indie studio. Mm-hmm. We own a studio that does what an indie studio does. Yeah. I mean, long yeah. gone are, are the authentic days of like Xbox Arcade, right? Yeah. Where you can go there and you're like, oh, this is where I can get Limbo or some of the Drinkbot games. Uh, Castle games. Crashers back Castle in the Crashers, day, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Stuff like that. Like, yeah, it's going to be weird because it's like, oh, we, we don't have to reach out to these studios anymore. Mm-hmm. I own like 17 that can do this. Yeah, and we've seen what a like a Sony independent game looks like. You know, thinking of uh, was that? about Kenna Bridge of Spirits, right? Where, oh, like, right. That's technically an indie game, but it has like fucking Sony quadruple A backing, where it mm-hmm. doesn't really look like an indie game. It's got polish to it. Yeah. So I I would be worried that like we kind of walk away from authentic indies in the Microsoft space, or maybe they just continue to get a lot of that from Nintendo, right, with some of their partnerships. Right. Maybe. We'll see. I think but yeah, a lot of people's minds are like kinda kinda moving over to the other two, Sony and Nintendo, asking, what are they gonna do? And then suddenly everyone's becoming a fucking capital expert online where they're like, Look at the market share for each of these companies. Yeah, I think Sony could afford Capcom and stuff and I'm just like, Yeah, evaluations don't work that way. You have to also have to pay money on what is a company expected to make in mm. a couple of years' time. It's like, a lot of projection. Not their current capital <laughs> by the way yeah. like think of it that way and then even the conversations of that do we want sony to buy up these studios that have their own independent style and feel do we want them to become homogenized right like we yeah. talked about it, i think maybe two episodes ago where it's like oh what would sony buy up next and we're like yeah do square enix but it's like at the end of the day is that good yeah i think this consolidation of power the biggest concern would be you don't have conflicting visions anymore, which is a good thing. Mm-hmm. I've I've always been told that competition breeds innovation, but when there's no competition, where's the innovation going to go, right? Mm-hmm. Like, f- fuck. We have some examples with Disney already. Mm-hmm. They have everything down to a well-oiled machine, mm-hmm. and it's worked so far. Star Wars is the one that's like kind of like bucking at the seams a bit, but Marvel, mm-hmm. like, there you go. You have it down to a formula. But when you apply that formula to everything... Is it always going to work? Mm-hmm. Like I've already said, doesn't work for Star Wars. Um, and is it going to be interesting anymore? Where it's like, oh wow, all the games kind of look the same. Hell, even Sony, like from their exclusive front, there's they all a, kind of feel the same. Weird sameness to yeah. their titles that, like, I like them, 
But I feel like we're going to start getting to like the absolute limit mm-hmm. of of that idea of turning everything into like a quasi open, open world, world yeah. with fucking triple A cutscenes. Like we're going to get bored at a certain point with that type of game. Well, we were talking about it across like The Last of Us, Naughty Dog. Right? Yeah. We were talking about it with Insomniac, Spider Man. We were talking about it with Days Gone bend right and how they all have that same sort of open even horizon with fucking uh gorilla where it's like they all have that same sort of open world detective mechanic where like (laughs) you kind of see elements of the world it's like shit yeah there's no unique elements in between them Mm -hmm. i think ghost of the shushima did some pretty innovative stuff but even still it's borrowing off the ideas that all these other similar studios have done previously (laughs) right so like we start losing some like um diversity Mm -hmm. honestly is what what starts to lack after after you see this consolidation of power right and and to to microsoft's credit they do appear to allow their studios to operate with some level of autonomy they do say like yo go after the thing that you want to make and we'll figure out a way to market it most of the time but they'll also squeeze any interesting identity out of their own studio in favor of supporting the big things again like thinking about Mm -hmm. japan studios and like what happened with asobi oh i meant microsoft oh yeah yeah i'm I'm talking about sony you know sony's the other way they're like we want all of you to be in the face of playstation yeah 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 yeah. Yeah. which is a very um (laughs) that's that's what i would be super afraid of microsoft becoming Mm -hmm. Like, so that's why when people were like, oh, Sony should buy Square Enix or Sony should buy Capcom, I I go, ah, should they? Because then they're just going to, like, make them make fucking Last of us stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, from now on, because they hedge their bets, right? Like, yeah, you're right. With Japan Studio gone, that's a big loss. Like, honestly, even if those games weren't... I get it. Even if those games weren't uh, mega blockbusters... I think there's a problem in looking at your catalog and saying everything needs to like perform like the fastest racehorse. There's a problem. There. They're not all going to. They're not. That's the thing. <laughs> and I mean, when we talked about it in terms of like, you know, Days Gone and Ghost of Tsushima. Yeah, they're both open world games. They do very different things. And granted, they both sold millions. But like to compare them equally, it doesn't always feel right. Right. And you're going to get these like lesser, I don't want to say lesser titles, but maybe like smaller titles from studios that it's like oh just because you didn't fucking sell like two million units like you're a dead studio and that sucks yeah that, that sucks to think yep. that that's how that that they operate and maybe that same mentality will happen with uh with microsoft here and then another aspect of it is like what is the retaliatory thing that sony would do what is going to be their acquisition in mm-hmm. turn right because again like i i hate the idea of like console wars but god damn it if we're not in the middle of fucking console world war four then what what's happening right now yeah this is a stiff one yeah this, this, this is this <laughs> so. is as mean as the uh knockout drag down days of sega versus nintendo yeah like this is a mean one so. people are smiling and <laughs> acting all cordial like you got phil spencer going like we value our relationship with sony no you don't <laughs> no, you you no, really you, want to take the generation back, don't. and you're trying to do anything and everything you can. And you know, I'm I'm impressed with a lot of the stuff that Microsoft has done in the, in the last few years in their yeah. gaming space, like cloud gaming, making it this like really cool and accessible, attractive idea. The subscription model, what they're doing for accessibility in gaming and everything, it's it's really fucking awesome. They do a lot of like, yeah. they do a lot of good. Yeah, I still have a concern about one company owning everything. Oh, undoubtedly, like that. That's my problem, right? And I don't think it's a I just don't think it's a great thing. Mm-hmm. It's not a great thing for consumers, and I don't think it's a great thing for the state of the industry mm-hmm. either. Like it's just uh, unless you could tell me that Microsoft is like the absolute best to work for, and mm-hmm. everyone's treated fair, and they're getting money, and we don't fucking oust contractors left and right. But 
every company, every tech company is the same to me, dog. Mm-hmm. They're all the same. They're all like that. <laughs> and this is one of the biggest, baddest ones. There's a reason they're the biggest, baddest. So. I mean, I think about a lot of the stuff that happened with fucking Bungie. Yeah. You know? Bungie hated being under Microsoft, dude. Mm-hmm. Hated it. And then there's a lot of problems with uh, 343 with um, the fact that half of their workforce was contractors that they mm-hmm. just fucking would oust at the end of a cycle. And therefore, the new contractors would be like, how do we pick up this work for this fucking gigantic open world game? Mm-hmm. And then they got delayed a whole fucking year. So yeah. there, there, there's a lot of things like at the end of the day, they're still a corporation. They're still a corporation looking for returns, man. Mm-hmm. That's that's what they are. Well, stop, we, we need to stop acting like Daddy Phil as much as we like him. And I do like the man as, yeah, as far as a personality nice. goes. We need to stop acting like Microsoft is like, you know, good boy corpo. Mm-hmm. No, no. At the end of the day, they're trying to chase the bag and be an industry yeah. fucking leader, a behemoth. It's it's crazy to already see like the immediate ramifications of this. Like Sony's stock dropped like eight percent after this this one fucking uh, worldwide. It's like shit. Which I think is a little like <laughs> stocks are so funny. Like investors are like the most paranoid fuckers ever. Mm-hmm. Like there's wind in Japan today. <laughs> the stocks <laughs> dropped. Like what the fuck. Yeah. <laughs> but so there, we got some satellite news i want to want to be able to crunch through some of this stuff sure, sure. uh going back to one of the bigger ips number two on here is call of duty will stay on playstation for now daniel mm. now sony told the wall street journal quote we expect that microsoft will abide by contractual agreements and continue to ensure activision games are multi-platform end quote a very dry emotionless <laughs> response to they hold the money now. Yeah. <laughs> now, Philly Spence was a little more specific on his own Twitter, revealing the fate of Call of Duty on PlayStation. He said, quote, had good calls this week with leaders at Sony. <laughs> you can imagine Herman Holt just He's screaming. got a scowl the entire time on his face. He's like, oh, God. Yeah, it's like secession. He's just like, fuck off, man. Come on. <laughs> Now, I confirmed our intent to honor all existing agreements upon acquisition of Activision Blizzard and our desire to keep Call of Duty on PlayStation. Sony is an important part of our industry and we value our relationship, end quote. Now, there is precedent for Microsoft-owned titles releasing on competitor platforms. Minecraft is multi-platform and the Ori games ended up on the Switch not too long ago. But Microsoft can be a capricious god, given that Bethesda's slate of IP, including Starfield and The Elder Scrolls, will remain Xbox and PC exclusives going forward. Speaking of Call of Duty, unconfirmed rumors, and I say unconfirmed because some dude named uh, Ralph was leaking this information, and I don't know how much we trust Ralph, (laughs) suggest Activision is reconsidering the franchise's annual approach. Instead, Call of Duty would release on a bi-annual schedule. Up till now, Call of Duty has been released every November for over a decade. Yeah. About 14 years. Yeah, kind of rotating with studios to like one year is going to be a sledgehammer year, one year is going to be fucking... Infinity Ward, Infinity Ward and yeah. then Raven. Raven. Raven's a sports studio mainly, but yeah. Well, Treyarch used to be like... Yeah, sorry, Treyarch. Yeah, 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 you're right. They're they're a big one. Um, Damn, four Call of Duty studios. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then Neversoft became a sports studio for Call of Duty as well. There's, mm-hmm. a, there's several studios that work in Call of Duty. I can see this happening because I think, especially with Vanguard's reception, mm-hmm. um, it seems like people were kind of soft on that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, could, I think it could only help to say, let's take a step back with Call of Duty mm-hmm. and then just like wait a year. And I think it'd make a big difference. Mm-hmm. I mean, Assassin's Creed did the same thing where they were releasing on an annual schedule. People said, this is fucking boring. I've seen too much of Ezio. Mm-hmm. They fucking held off and did the whole two-year release schedule yeah. thing. 
And they came back kind of big with Odyssey, right? Well, actually, first. Um, Origins. Origins and then Odyssey. going into Odyssey. But then you have like a, a third child where it's like, ah, people didn't really love Valhalla. I don't like Valhalla, like, but it sold well, nonetheless. I The only thing with like giving your game more time to gestate is they just end up being more bloated and big, especially in Ubisoft's case. Uh, I'm, I'm interested probably. to see like what their next model of Assassin's Creed is going to be because they're trying to do this fucking online like kind of multiplayer approach. Uh, yeah, games as a service yeah. where content will like continue to drop into mm. it. Well, she'll be different. Fucking see, right? Yeah. I think in Call of Duty's case, I don't expect a drastic change to the formula. I don't think the extra change, uh, the extra time means uh, we're going to see a Call of Duty unlike any other. Mm-hmm. I think it's more so. It has been next to impossible to pump out these games without crunching these teams into bone dust, mm-hmm. and that's what's been go- going on um <laughs> which is fucking sad and terrible right i could imagine call of duty is like one of the hardest games to be a developer on mm-hmm. right so I, I think that makes sense and then i think um as far as franchise fatigue goes it's like out of any franchise in this industry call of duty is the one that would be like number one for fatigue like over assassin's oh, yeah. creed and all the rest because there's literally no other game that is that is uh not stopped releasing every year Except for Call of Duty. Since what, like 2005, 2006? Uh, Just about. Yeah. With, I think, Call of Duty 2 and on. (laughs) It fucking didn't stop. I mean, Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare was like the really big one that kind of kicked things Mm -hmm. in the overdrive for them, I feel like. Yeah. And word is, uh, with this news, this leaker also said that Call of Duty, um, a remaster of Call of Duty multiplayer, sorry, 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 uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2's multiplayer has been canceled, Mm. which I would have been excited for. Um, I really like what they did with Part Four remastered, but whatever. Like if it's if it's not going to work, it's not going to work, right? <laughs> so I mean, thinking about Phil's sentiment, right? Them reevaluating their relationship here, or yeah. you know, just kind of maybe saying what what their intentions are with Call of Duty and PlayStation. Like I think it would only play to their benefit to just kind of keep Call of Duty with PlayStation, because if like you have something that just is such an expensive property that has such a big return on it. Mm-hmm. Spread it everywhere. Like, let that keep being its thing. I don't think, like, you really have too much to gain by keeping Call of Duty to yourself. Where yeah. you can maybe have some of these studios build maybe Call of Duty exclusive type content and have that be a selling point. Um, I've heard, uh, I think the argument was from Tamar Hussein of GameSpot where he's like, I could see Call of Duty putting Warzone type games on every platform, but maybe the main campaign is exclusive to Xbox. That'd be my guess for yeah. what could happen. If, if they wanted to uh, divvy up the content in some way to yeah. give you an idea of like, oh, you should go to Xbox if you want the whole kit and caboodle, mm-hmm. but we're going to still like service yeah. PlayStation. Like multiplayer will be free everywhere. Yeah. But- I think I see two sides to the argument. I think the first side is Call of Duty is so big that like Minecraft, you just can't make it exclusive and then the other side is you don't spend nearly 70 billion dollars to play nice yeah like i mean we're saying that with bethesda where it's like oh you don't spend seven billion dollars to like not make exclusives yeah (laughs) they Uh, spent 10 times that amount yeah (laughs) so call of duty as a franchise have sold over 400 million units yeah um I think you you know they've they've had some fucking cost analysis. Some number of guys say to themselves, "Can we get away with pulling this off of PlayStation like mm-hmm. in 2024 mm-hmm. or something?" And if the answer was close to no, it's like, "All right," mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. But p- expect some sort of weird modeling going well, forward. It, it's crazy because like for the longest time, I don't know about you. I, yeah. I think everybody has different Call of Duty associations per platform. But lately, like just for some of the promotional stuff, I consider like Call of Duty like having a stronger relationship with playstation a lot of ways like thinking about 
E3 and some of the state of plays where it's like, oh, yeah, we got the fucking exclusive Call of Duty reveal here. Uh-huh. Like, and that was, like, such a big boon where I'm like, oh, shit, this is this is cool. Okay. Well, well starting with PS4, back with Call of Duty Ghosts, they signed a contract to have, like, exclusive content yeah. come out uh, for PlayStation first. And so the advertising switch, which was a big about face from 360 era, where, mm-hmm. like, Call of Duty was almost synonymous with the Xbox. Yes. Yeah. That changed. That's all gone. It's weird to see my life... Uh, boomerang back to being an xbox player it was the 360 that started this gaming addiction i mm-hmm. would say because uh, i played games beforehand yeah of course didn't get addicted to games until i could start listening to some fucking marilyn manson while playing burnout revenge this is phil's fault <laughs> all of it he was there for 30 years <laughs> uh speaking of phil i got another thing about phil like that again spider webs back to what we were discussing before Number three on here is that Phil Spencer isn't a union expert, but he's going (laughs) to, like, listen or something. (laughs) In response to the inner turmoil at the company, the Activision Blizzard King Workers Alliance formed. Their mission is to end all forms of worker abuse and ensure equal treatment for every employee at the company. However, when asked how the ABK Alliance fits into the Microsoft merger, Phil couldn't say like he literally could not say apparently he told the washington post quote i'm going to be honest i don't have a lot of personal experience with unions i've been at microsoft for 33 years so i'm not going to try to come across as an expert on this but i'll say we'll be having conversations about what empowers them to do their best work which as you can imagine in a creative industry is the most important thing for us end quote (laughs) i love that hey like are you going to honor this union? <laughs> How are you going to work with this union going forward? What's going to happen? And he's like, we'll talk. <laughs> cool. I mean, it would be interesting to see them be kind of the first studio to kind of like really roll with a union in a way. <laughs> it's Microsoft. Yeah. I don't. You think they're going to union bust? Yes. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. All, all big tech does. Big tech hates two things. Unions mm-hmm. and government intervention. Okay, for sure. And it's really fucking hard to tell which one it hates more. Mm. I, I, I I couldn't tell you. I think because there's a face on unions, they might hate them a little bit more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe because it feels like, oh, th- th- this is in our own house this is happening. They mm-hmm. want to bust it up, right? But yeah, big tech, big tech hates unions. I don't give a fuck how nice Phil is. Yeah, it's it's a tough thing. And I, man, I can't even like fully really speak on how I want to speak on it. Like, you know, in terms of like big tech and union busting, because it's like you could think a company has like its employees' best interest at at heart and they do not at the core. But at the end of the day, like no, they're gonna union bust and they're gonna <laughs> fucking try and sway people any way they can. So yeah. I don't know. It's it sucks because like this worker alliance, they're trying to do what they can. They're just really asking for like simple things, right? Mm-hmm. Equity, good pay, not be, not having to crunch, like stuff that's really just like should maybe just be a given. Yeah, but. I mean, maybe that can just be some of the stuff that's promised anyway. Maybe maybe Phil meets them in the middle and like he's like, hey, I see your demands. Let me see what I can, you know, give you guys as solidarity. <laughs> yeah, you want to imagine that the scenario happens because it's good guy Phil. Yeah. But I got to tell you, man. I, I'm trying to think of the best case know. scenario. I don't know. I don't know that that's true. Like I said, it's, it's an immutable fact. Big mm. tech hates unions. Yep. So. The ABK Alliance took to Twitter to reaffirm their stance, writing, quote, We remain committed to fighting for uh, workplace improvements and the rights of our employees regardless of who is financially in control of the company. We will continue to work alongside our allies across the gaming industry to push for measurable change in an industry that desperately needs it. 
We called for the, remo uh, the removal of Bobby Kotek as CEO in November for shielding abusers, and he still remains CEO as of this writing, end quote. Now, they went on to point out that the Raven Software QA strike has entered its fifth week and leadership, leadership has not responded. We have an update on that. And that three out of four demands to improve conditions for women at the company have been unmet. Now, actually, going to the Raven stuff, they have ended their strike because they're pending the recognition of ABK as a union. So that's we're actually moving through uh, mm. with that, apparently. Okay. So we'll see. But again, I, I am not extremely <laughs> hopeful. Um, I, I think when I think about the things that are terrible in this industry or any corporate sector, the things that are bad happen and are allowed to happen because A, it doesn't hurt a business's bottom line or and or B, the business is benefiting from these terrible things happening. Mm -hmm. So a business benefits from a union not forming. And a business apparently benefits from people crunching. And a business benefits from uh, people shutting the fuck up. So I think about these bad things over and over. And I'm like, well, if you know Phil Spencer actually gave a, gave a shit about this thing or cared about this thing, he would have done something or talked about it a long time ago. In fact, in his 33 years at this corporation, you'd think he would have read an article or two about uh, organized bargaining. Mm-hmm. And you know he has. <laughs> I don't trust anyone, Daniel. <laughs> anyone. I mean, why should we? We we like Phil as a face man, but at the end of the day, he's a businessman. He's a businessman. Yeah. And they're here to get their bag. And remember, mm -hmm. their bag happens to be in our pocket right now. <laughs> so, tough times. So, in terms of, like, Raven being acknowledged as, like, an official union group now. ABK, actually. Oh, ABK. Because Raven would be a part of ABK. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm reading through the Engadget arg uh, okay. article because it's... Okay, so they're considered under a better ABK or just ABK? Uh, what is the breakdown of that, actually? Just reading through it. So workers at Activision, Blizzard's Raven Software and Strike Action following union push. Appreciate all the community support throughout the strike, the group said. Having announced plans recently to form the first labor union within a North American AAA game developer, workers at Raven Software are ending their weeks-long strike against Weeks-long strike action against publisher Activision Blizzard. Pending the recognition of our union, the Raven QA strike has ended. Unused strike funds are being stored for future organizing and strike efforts. On Friday, the 34 workers who said they plan to unionize with the Communication Workers of America, CWA, asked Activision Blizzard to recognize their group, the Game Workers Alliance, voluntarily. The company has until 20, 25th of January to respond to the workers. Activision Blizzard is carefully reviewing the request for voluntary recognition from the CWA, which seeks to organize around three dozen of the company's nearly 10,000 employees, the company said on Friday. If the company fails to respond to the group, it will file for a union election through the National Relations Board. I think that's what it's probably supposed to say. Mm. Um, interesting. Okay. So what, what is your biggest takeaway from, I guess, all, all the union stuff here, otherwise? Uh, my biggest takeaway from the union stuff? Mm -hmm. um, I think we've gotten a, a pretty, a very well-practiced, non-committal statement from Spencer. Yeah. Um, and again, I don't expect them to be able to talk about like a lot of like the actual operational day-to-day, -day, what is exactly going to happen before this deal goes through. Mm -hmm. But it is a still pretty fluffy statement that almost says like, we'll have a conversation with them but like as long as they don't fuck with us mm -hmm. <laughs> you know yeah. like that, that that's what it sounds like right um i i 
think a union wouldn't have to form if these workers were actually being treated mm -hmm. decently. But that's, like I said, bad things happen because either a corporation benefits from it or it doesn't hurt their bottom line. Mm -hmm. That is the absolute truth of it. So until a corporation starts giving a shit, <laughs> like, yeah. like, you know, I, I just don't, I don't think Microsoft coming into the fold is going to be like this whole like, oh, yeah. We're, 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 we're pro-union, we're going to make this happen. Because then it's like, well, that sets a precedent for the rest of Microsoft, not just Xbox's mm -hmm. divisions, right? Or like, you think they're gonna, there's going to be a union in Activision and not have that be like a question for the rest of Microsoft? Like, oh, who knows? It, it's, a, it's a nuanced, complex thing. Mm -hmm. But my impression is that there's somebody there or more than one than somebody at Microsoft that doesn't want a union to form mm -hmm. for any single company that's under their ownership. That's, that's what it is. Mm -hmm. Until they show me differently, I'll continue to uh, assume that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. It's tricky, too, because if they make the one exception here, like you said, they have to make it everywhere. Yep. At the end of the day, I mean, they're fighting for just basic rights. And the, the main thing of it was, like, what? They were contract workers who wanted the same. They wanted to just not get fired, right? They wanted to be treated as, as equally as their full-time employees. Some of the things, like, I don't even know how any company can defend, like... The fact that a company doesn't pay women and men the same mm -hmm. for the same positions. Yeah. How do you defend that? What What is the explanation that you pay women less? What like What is it? You know. And this is why this union's like out mm -hmm. here going like we don't want that to be anymore. Yeah. But isn't it such like a nonsensical conversation to have? Like what What do you mean you're not going to pay? <laughs> so like what the fuck? Hell, that that's isn't that what uh uh I forget her name, but was it Jenny Barra? Uh, who's, who used to be uh, the lead of Activision Blizzard after uh, Jab left. Mm -hmm. uh, she was co-lead with the other dude, whoever got his name. She left Mike because... Something. Yeah, my, oh, he was Mikey Barr, I think. It was Jen something. Jen left because she wasn't getting paid the same as mm -hmm. her fucking co-lieutenant. <laughs> and was like, what the hell? Doesn't make any sense. And they reasoned it as like, well, you guys came from different like positions. <laughs> they're, they're always going to reason their way out of it just to pay yeah. people they like or men more. Yes. <laughs> it just yes. sucks. Always as such. But uh, more deep divey stuff. Uh, number four on here. Again, there's a bunch of news erupting around this sure. like event. But number four on here is months of Overwatch 2 development were lost because of Mr. Kotek. Actually, this is a podcast within a podcast now. Item four and five are uh, Fuck Bobby Kotek, the podcast. These two are centered around his buffoonery. Mm -hmm. And I imagine there will be more buffoonerous actions from this man over I the mean, next year. Yeah. <laughs> uh tracy kennedy a producer on overwatch threw some shade with her good arm on twitter the other day quote tweeting an article in which kotex said part of the reason for the sale uh the microsoft sale was due to diablo 4 and overwatch's two delays causing stocks to decline now kennedy wrote in response quote bobby Tell everyone about the random projects for Overwatch 1 you all would shove on us. The team would do OT4 only for them to get canceled and for months of Overwatch 2 dev to have been lost. Ooh. Or how almost entire teams are turning over and citing you as the reason. Don't be shy. She goes on to say, oh, wait, that's right. You hide behind scapegoats because you're a coward. My mistake. The entire world will remember you to be a greedy joke. And there's nothing you can do to change that. We outlasted you and we won. Bye. And wow. 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 I, you haven't seen this one? <laughs> no. I, I saved the last two because I, I didn't like I wanted to read the main bulk of the news like mm. ahead of the podcast. But these two I kind of 
I let it be fresh in the moment. That's crazy. Well, 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 well. <laughs> Those are good tweets. People are getting bold right now. Yeah. Now, she couldn't get into specifics about like what projects um, because of NDA and all that, mm-hmm. but she said that she was allowed to talk about this because it had something to do with working conditions. So they're doing mm-hmm. OT for no reason. And it's delaying Overwatch 2. What the hell could it have been? What were they doing for Overwatch 1 that they, A, had to work so hard for, and B, scrapped? Probably another Winter Wonderland event, another fucking Team Deathmatch map. No fucking... New skins for Lucio, who knows? Yeah, but it's just like a, dude, how is Kota coming down and telling fucking the Blizzard team what the fuck to do, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, with their time? It's suddenly making more and more sense every day why Jeff Kaplan probably left. Yep. Probably left because, oh, wow, things suck. Mm-hmm. And apparently he shielded the team from a bunch of bullshit from up above. He so, did, yeah. Uh, I'm sure his whole soul was being worn down to nothing, having to talk to fucking Kotek day in, day out. I'd be interested to see if he, like, eventually comes back, like, when, when Kotek does exit the company. That would be interesting. Yeah. I wonder if that would be the case. I don't know. But Jeff's been uh, in gaming for years and years and years. Mm-hmm. And uh, if there's anything that this podcast has taught me is that working in gaming sucks balls Mm -hmm. and will make you a hundred years older than you are. (laughs) Yep. So my man probably got like one fucking like Sunday off and was like, never again. He's like, this feels great. I'm drinking mimosas. I got my feet up. I'm playing Overwatch myself. Yeah. I met these really cool roommates. Apparently they're my children. They just, (laughs) they grew up. We like the same foods. It's really crazy. (laughs) Yeah. My roommates call me dad. They're really cool. Wow, what a fucker rooster. Are, I got, what's up? Are you surprised? Are you surprised to hear that that Kodak or leadership as a whole had stymied development? Kodak really likes to meddle, yeah. is, is what it sounds like. He likes to meddle in people's shit because he thinks he knows better than everyone, which, from what I understand, people in money uh, seem to share that trait. Mm-hmm. They all think they know better than you because, well, they have the money. Mm-hmm. What do you got, dick suck loser? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I don't even have a 401k. There you go. I so. think I automatically have one, but like it takes like a like two pennies from a paycheck to like put it in there, right? And goes like, yeah, man, hopefully you'll be good with this $102 by the time you're 79. <laughs> oh, fucking sick, dude. I, I can't wait for all of my health problems to overtake me. <laughs> I don't trust corporations. I hate them. I got another bad one for Mr. Kotick on here. This 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 one's really funny though, dude. Like he's becoming like like Scrooge, <laughs> like progressively as he we sucks. get through this. It's like watching the movie Scrooge in reverse, where mm-hmm. instead of Bill Murray figuring out how to be a nice man, we're just like starting with a nice man becoming a fucking monster, like over time. If there's ever like a movie adaptation of this. I want Bill Murray to play Bobby Kotek. Bill Murray to play Bobby Kotek? Yeah. Jesus Christ. Well, you have to kill you have to call Bill Murray on his like his rotary phone, right? Mm. Cuz he doesn't have like a cell phone. Did you true? know about this? No, I didn't know about that. So if you want to pitch a role to Bill Murray, you call a hotline and you explain who you are and what project you're working on and he might call you back. It's <laughs> pretty cool. It's it's pretty funny. Apparently he picks up the phone for Wes though. <laughs> Fucking Wes Anderson like all the time. Yep. So, number five on here is Bobby Kotek wanted to buy a gaming publication to control press about Activision. (laughs) Wow, that's some fucking Trump (laughs) shit. You are a fucking villain if you're trying to fucking control a media outlet just to put out good press about yourself. Go fuck yourself, Bobby Kotek. According to a report by the Wall Street Journal, Mr. Kotek was, quote, eager to change the public narrative around the company, end quote. 
There's many ways you can do that. (laughs) Rather than make the systemic changes that would improve the working lives of marginalized employees that have suffered racism, sexism, and harassment, Bobby just wanted to buy Kotaku or PC Gamer. It's true. Those are the ones that he's said. My God. It's unclear if this idea entered his money-poisoned mind before or after Microsoft commenced their acquisition. One can only imagine if he went through with the plans, we'll be seeing anti-union ads starring Crash Bandicoot across Kotaku's pages. The report also mentioned, quote, Deal-hungry Microsoft had long been interested in Activision and had discussed a potential acquisition in the past. Some of those people said, but Mr. Kotick was cool to the idea until Microsoft offered him a graceful exit, which is another way of saying a lot of money. Hmm. So, (laughs) it's really funny. (laughs) He wanted to buy, like he, first of all, I don't, like, this feels like an idea from, like, 1932. Mm-hmm. Like, th- this doesn't seem like a thing that you can get away with anymore. Or maybe you can. I don't know. Like, we hear about these multimedia companies just buying up publications and telling them what to print. Mm-hmm. Is this very different? Like, this has actually happened in recent times. Stick mm-hmm. to sports, you know? Like, holy shit. Yeah, but it's different, like, one person buying an outlet versus, True. like, a conglomerate, like, parent company. Yeah, with the, with the <laughs> express purpose of, like, changing the narrative for his own company. Wow. What else do we need to know that Bobby Kotek is an evil scumbag piece of shit that should honestly just, like, have all of his money just fucking vacuumed away from his accounts and just, like, thrown into the sea? No, we're we're giving him cushions to say, hey, here, make more money. Jesus, like what? he he stands to make a lot of money off of this acquisition. What an absolute <laughs> that that would be the thing. I would be like, hey, Phil, can you uh can you answer my question? What do you think of Bobby Kotek being an absolute piece of shit? Mm-hmm. Do you like him personally? Do you guys hang out? Do you golf? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, would our perception of Phil change if we knew that? Like, oh yeah, they hang out at the country club all the time. <laughs> Maybe a little bit. <laughs> Maybe a little bit. I almost guarantee you this has happened. I mean, yeah, definitely in the past. I I really don't know his... Like now? Now that he's like a PR persona non grata? Probably Mm, not anymore. Probably not, right? Not hanging out at the country club? Saying it's because of the COVID thing? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Bobby's an (laughs) anti-masker. I can't do it. You think he's too rich to get sick. Or if they do ever bring him to the country club, they put the black bag over his head so, like, nobody can see him going and he can't see where he's going either. Or he dresses up like Kanye does as, like, a yep. completely different man. <laughs> Just hang out with Phil. Fuck. <laughs> Fucking wow. hell, dude. Wow. Um, what else are we going to learn about Bobby Coat? Like, can we play that game? Like, like have it like a dart on the board and every like a bingo card. Yeah, or like wherever we land in the bingo card, it's just like, oh, Bobby Kotek chained up youngsters from uh, from Indonesia in his closet. <laughs> like, be surprised. Oh yeah. Well, he got shit, into that's... he got into video game sex trafficking. <laughs> <laughs> he was sex trafficking Dixie Kong cosplayers. Dude, I could I could not be surprised at this point. Yeah. I could not. But apparently, this dude just a very money grubbing sort of fella. Uh, I was I was listening to um, I think kind of funny he was talking about it where they're like well somebody pulled out an article from 2008 about why they didn't buy um, what studio was it it doesn't matter but they made this one game and basically Bobby Kotek's response was well they don't have an IP that is exploitable on an annual basis jeez use the word exploitable <laughs> that's who he is he is a money man everything he does is about is this going to make me more money than what I spent on it? Mm-hmm. That's the question that he asks. And yeah, that's a salient thing in in business. But sure. we're also talking about the 
it's a creative medium, right? Mm -hmm. We talk about the creativity, ingenuity in the video games, and we want to think that maybe the people involved care about it a bit more than dollar signs. And the answer is no. <laughs> I mean, it's it's hard these days, especially with <clears throat> gaming year over year becoming such a profitable industry mm-hmm. for people not to want to get their greasy, grubby hands all over that money any way they can. Fucking Kotec claws all over. Yeah, it. yeah. And it sucks because, like, as you get more of this kind of trickle down approach of of these business people being like, yes, I want to, I want to seize the means of every company. Some <laughs> of that creative juice gets lost. I would say so. That's my whole thing about this consolidation ship. Like, how how does this benefit creators whatsoever? I mean, mm-hmm. I guess on the one side, it's like at least you have a money flow coming your way. But yeah. I don't know. Like, a company like Microsoft has to leverage a bunch of different money channels. They might say to themselves, Beanox. You know, like I said before, like, Beanox. What, what have you guys done lately? Oh, yeah? Oh. Well, we don't own the Spider-Man IP anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just like they're done, you know? Yeah. Like, fuck, dude. But Kotick, Kotick, Kotick. What a rough year ahead for Activision Blizzard. Like, mm-hmm. what else is he going to do? What else is he going to say? What problems are we going to run into it, it reminds me of like trump's last year in office where it's like you were just mm. seeing the most heinous shit said and heinous things done <laughs> and i can imagine it's going to be the same because like he almost has like diplomatic like a, like a shield like he feels safe for the next year mm-hmm. to just operate as he is yep i don't know if uh, by contract he can be removed early mm-hmm. uh, especially at this point when phil said he will remain <laughs> for the next year at this point anything else that happens that's like a publicly bad facing thing phil just has it's another thing phil has to just rehabilitate (laughs) and turn around and make a fucking fluffy statement about yeah (laughs) we're very concerned Mm -hmm. we're really weighing our options you know the things that you need to to hear i guess does it make anyone feel good does this make anyone feel like oh wow you know phil said they're weighing options (laughs) we're we're in the green baby (laughs) what the fuck it's crazy because, like, going back to it was probably like a week, though, probably the week that like a lot of the Activision Blizzard stuff started fucking popping off. And Phil was like, hey, we're going to like reevaluate our business relationship with, with Activision Blizzard. And like, I really thought that was coming from like an interesting, well meaning place. I didn't think it was coming from the place of like, hey, we've been in talks for probably months, maybe like a year plus to buy this company. <laughs> like, I thought it was really coming from like, shit, maybe we'll stop doing deals with them. No, the deal is we're going to buy them. And it's like, yeah. Fuck. <laughs> it really, really uh, paints a different light on that, right? Mm-hmm. If you can paint light. Um, <laughs> but it's so interesting that it's, it's like, yeah. here's what I, here's the challenge I have for people. Mm-hmm. There is a difference between believing something mm-hmm. <laughs> and seeing the true rot that's always been there to begin with. Mm -hmm. I think we just need to practice a little bit more of seeing the true rot for what it is. I mean, I don't know. I don't don't know how many people are out there just like, yeah, I'm I'm a a big believer in there being a big turnaround for Activision once Microsoft gets them, right? Mm -hmm. Hopefully there's, I don't know. I don't feel it. That's my whole problem. I don't feel it. I don't don't think it's going to happen. And it's one of those things too where like change takes time. This man has owned, Kotick has owned the company since 1991. Mm-hmm. It's part of the reason why he's like, you know. So hard to get out of it. Yeah. <laughs> like he is at the core of it. And that's why a lot of it, like so much of his personality just kind of like speaks for the company mm-hmm. in a very negative way. Um, 
And then when, when shit started blowing back, of course he wanted to buy Kotaku so they would stop writing about the time that he threatened a stewardess in like 2010 or something, right? No, that story is already out there, so we can't roll that back. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. Like, watch. What, what was the first thing that Activision would do? Uh, if they got a hold of Kotaku, they would go to the fucking uh, backlog, the archive, and mm-hmm. say, anything that's Activision Blizzard needs to be re-reviewed and then deleted if it says something negative. <laughs> like, fuck, dude. Jesus. What a guy. <laughs> what a guy. Oh, Bobby. Bobby! <laughs> All right. Well, fuck Bobby Kotek. Yep. We'll, we'll hear more about him. We will. What, what are some other takeaways from this? Because this is like seismic, right? That's true. Very seismic. This is a huge thing. I, we already kind of talked about, like, what will be Sony's response? Will they buy up a similarly big company, you know? Yeah, on Sony's end, I think... Um, oh, that's the thing that I wanted to tease out that you you alluded to by saying it with words, which is not an illusion. <laughs> <laughs> I baited you. You baited me. Um, is Game Pass on PlayStation. I've been seeing this conversation here and there. Mm-hmm. And my... I'm not going to bury the lead. No fucking way. No fucking way would Sony play ball like that. Unless Sony was in a dire position. But I did mention, you remember that top three of industry leaders? Mm-hmm. Microsoft is still below Sony on that list. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that strange? They're, well, at least for their evaluation, right? What, what were their old like statements on, on cross-play? Like, they had a very vehement oh, stance yeah. against cross-play for the I, longest time. I remember this. The The reason was they, they thought it was a, a child endangerment. Yeah, because they can't control the other ecosystems, mm-hmm. uh, your child may be at risk if they start voice comming with somebody on a PC, a pedo computer. <laughs> so, so that was their response, and even I think even Phil had to laugh at that and be like, "So you're saying that we're endangering people in our ecosystem?" Yeah. Okay. Cute. <laughs> yeah. No, Sony made up a reason. They just didn't want to fucking play ball. Mm-hmm. That's. I, and I wish they would just say that. It's like, we don't want to play ball with a competitor because we're old school Japanese. Mm-hmm. Like, we don't we don't like playing ball with competitors. <laughs> That's normally, yeah, Japanese companies are pretty bullish. Yeah. Nintendo, for instance, wanted to absolutely murder their competition in their sleep. Mm-hmm. And then smile about their Italian mustachioed man. <laughs> Yeah, that's the the tough thing too. That like it's it's easy for maybe the average consumer of games to lose sight of. It's like Sony is still a Japanese company despite mm-hmm. their huge North American imprint, right? And all these acquisitions that Microsoft is being have notably been of Western companies. Yeah, I think Japan's very difficult to like to to have a Western company come in and say like, hey, you're kind of an attractive prospect. Would you think mm. about it? No, is going to be like my default answer. I I would imagine unless the company's in trouble. I'm interested, like, maybe just go back, like, from a historian standpoint and know when that shift for Sony happened, where it's, like, they started to have more of that North American imprint and influence. Um, some of that was, um, God, who was it? Because I feel like it was before Sean Layden. I would say it's around the Layden era, yeah. though, that they were, like, Western imprints, like, very important to us. Was it Jack um, Trenton? Maybe Jack Trenton. Um, I think, like, having moves like Herman Holst being there chief <laughs> or whatever it is that he does now um and and i feel like a lot of the western initiatives are coming from him it feels like definitely though the shift happened in like the ps3 generation because like playstation 1 playstation 2 gens like the, the identity still felt very japanese mm-hmm. in those eras yeah i think ps4 is like where it's the strongest of like oh yeah this is this is a global company now they don't they don't want yeah. to mistake you to think that this is like a japanese machine mm. only with like only uh the most popular games being like japanese games like back in the day right like yeah there's yeah, that seismic shift happened kind of. Yeah, you're right. PS3 360 era that occurred. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but when, when it comes to Japanese companies playing ball with other Japanese companies, mm-hmm. is an interesting question. Um, like, is Sony looking at Square? Is Sony looking at Capcom? Is Sony looking at Konami? Everyone's been saying Sony should just buy Konami because Konami isn't like doing, doing anything. anything yeah. And yet, Konami's evaluation is more than uh, Capcom. Hmm. I think a little less than Square Enix. Yeah. There's got to be a list for this. Really? Interesting. Well, I mean, I guess they have assets, like, in other things outside of gaming as well. Pachinko. Yeah, and that there's a big fucking market there. Yeah, a lot of the studios that Sony has outside of it, like, granted, they have, like, North American, like, California imprints, you know, with Naughty Dog, uh, Insomniac. I forget where Insomniac's actually based out of. Um, but then a lot of European studios, like Gorilla, what, that they're based out of somewhere in Europe, maybe Western Europe. Somewhere around there. Uh, let's see. Game industry valuation. Public markets hold 2.1 trillion. Did you know that? What is this? This is from games1.co. Well, it's got this a CO. My so we favorite gotta, website. We got to fucking really, <laughs> trust, the really trust this. Let's see here. USA leading that war right there. Yay. Um, yeah, here we go. Top game companies by market value. When was this written? This is the question. When you don't put a fucking date... On the top of the article, I'm going to fight you. Okay, findings. The world's 25 richest families measured by Bloomberg in August 2020 could not afford to buy the entire game industry measured by Games 1 in April 2021, even with all the combined wealth. What an interesting statement. Hmm. <laughs> uh, but number one would be Apple, three, $379 billion. Uh, yeah, yeah. Number two would be Tencent, $309 billion. Mm-hmm. Number three is Google, 271 uh, number four is Xbox now with 191. Uh, there's a significant drop from number five, number six. Nvidia's number five at 176, mm-hmm. and then number six is Nintendo at 76 billion. So like on a hundred billion dollar difference between Nvidia and Nintendo. But imagine there's a bunch of fucking PCs out in the world that have Nvidia yeah, oh, yeah, <laughs> chips sure. in it and all that shit. And then yeah, Activision Blizzard was down at number seven, evaluated at uh, 72 billion. So I think this puts. Uh, yeah, this puts Xbox at number three, like we mentioned before. Mm-hmm. So underneath Apple and Tencent. And where does it put Sony on that list? That's a great question. <laughs> they have to be in the top ten. At least. They actually rank PlayStation by itself. Oh, as far as a game company, so it's thirty-seven million. I think Sony overall is worth more. Is worth more, sure. but they're pretty down there. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. So, so I guess, um, yeah, roundabout conversation, mm-hmm. money, but. Game Pass and PlayStation. It ain't going to happen. They're not yeah. going to play ball, dog. No way. Th- that's fair. That's fair. I mean, may- it would be cool to see Trickle feed things here and there. Like, I remember, I think it was, like, last year, like, seeing, like, MLB The Show, like, come to Xbox. Like That was a weird move, yeah. Yeah. I, I would be interested to see smaller exchanges happen like that. Like, I don't necessarily need Game Pass on PlayStation, especially with PlayStation trying to shore up and, and do their rumored competitor version of that was spartacus like i want to see what that's like you know yeah. not that i need another subscription model god damn it like you know that's the other problem it's like uh is it going to be a service that feels like a day late dollar short and i think it's mm-hmm. like yeah probably basically yeah. actually day late dollar too much uh, knowing sony yeah they had a chance with playstation now they did and i think the big thing about game pass for me is that you can download these fucking games the cloud is cool whatever mm-hmm. but like i i prefer performance over convenience always yeah yeah so, like, I'm willing to wait for a download if the game is stable the entire time I play mm-hmm. it. So that's why PlayStation Now never took off for me. Because I was like, oh, this looks like shit. <laughs> like, my, my first time when I play a game. This looks like shit. <laughs> but, um... I mean, it goes back to the fucking, like, Stadia days. 
<laughs> yeah, we're you know, Stadia. Like, these do we days. do we have the infrastructure to really have like high res like streaming for gaming? You know, nah, apparently, answer is no. Still, I mean, in the U.S. <laughs> Microsoft might be able to compete in that space because they have the tech and infrastructure for that shit. Mm. They they have their own fucking cloud service. So yeah, that is true. That is true. But PlayStation, we will see. I don't know that I see them making big ticket purchases in response. I don't know that I see that. I mean. I, I have my, my thoughts of, like, what could be, like, kind of, like, a tantamount response. Yeah. Right? Like, obviously, I'd be interested in them maybe one day buying, like, one of the big three Japanese that, like, I like, you know. I think to our conversations before, yeah, keep Capcom where they're at. Maybe have exclusive deals there. Buy Konami if you can, because there's a lot of IP there. Yeah. That, pl- like, they could re- maybe do some... Please some, buy Konami. Some good stuff. Yeah. But, like, if you want, like, a, a seismic, like, answer, like, you have EA... You have Take Two Interactive, which I think like that would be a fucking crazy move. Just buy Take Two. Buy Take Two. <laughs> yeah. God, that's a that's like you a got good Grand one. Theft Auto, Red Dead, a bunch of other stuff under there. I just too. So like that would be. I mean, if you want to own a, a fair share of the pie again. Yeah, yeah, but it's interesting having this conversation and realizing it's like, well, that doesn't help any of us no it it doesn't doesn't. (laughs) like like when they start doing this shit it's like yeah that doesn't help Mm -hmm. it just means that i always have to have two of these platforms Mm -hmm. (laughs) available if i want to play all the games yeah fuckers (laughs) and because like sony is only like apparently just now figuring out that pc existed (laughs) (laughs) yeah with them kind of doing their initiative of like hey we're gonna have like our exclusives eventually come to pc with their pc label and print yeah and whereas xbox is like we've always been day and date pc Mm -hmm. xbox which is like such a cool thing maybe their response could be leading into that idea a little bit more right obviously have a timed exclusive where like there's a a game exclusive to console for a year and then bring it to pc with like other bells and whistles Mm -hmm. i would hope but sony sony sony's man sony like whenever i think about like sony doing a thing that's like super high bar and like um makes the most consumer sense like very Mm -hmm. consumer friendly move i go oh i'm dreaming again (laughs) that isn't sony sony goes how could i charge you fucking 70 dollars for whatever i do yeah (laughs) how can we charge you 70 dollars for a fucking a dual sense controller that's built like shit built like shit where i'm on my second almost uh busted (laughs) stick on a different controller thanks sony yeah i just i just think about sony as a corporation i go like i don't know man I, I like that they're doing the Criterion collection of video games. That's mm-hmm. great. Um, but your competitor is literally, literally trying to change the face of the fucking industry. Yeah. I don't know that Sony can respond quick enough or in a way that makes sense. No, like things like this, you have to be thinking in tandem more ahead. And we're not going to see an adequate response probably for like another year or two. Yeah, because like every time that the competitor uh, makes some sort of drive towards innovation, Sony's always out there talking to fucking like the verge about why they can't do it. Mm-hmm. Like literally, every time they go, "Ooh, crossplay!" Well, if you don't care about little Timmy getting uh, piddled online, <laughs> it's like, what the fuck, Sony? Or, or like, hey, what about backwards compatibility? Yeah. yeah. Well, if you uh, don't want to show up for the Antiques Roadshow, <laughs> like, yeah, they what the have fuck? such weird like responses to things where it's like. <laughs> There could be a way you could be doing this, but it seems like you don't want to be doing it, is the thing. <laughs> I just don't want to be... second thought. Yeah, I just don't want to be gaslit by Sony every time that I have, like, a want. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what they do, though. Oh, really? You want a controller that uh, functions for more than three months? Hmm. Okay. It looks like you don't want a prestige controller anymore. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like, my idea of prestige is that it works 
for like at least two fucking years, dog. <laughs> What's wrong with you? Uh, yeah, no, not not hopeful for them in that front. And yet I still like their ecosystem. I still like their game output. And I think that's the thing that will always matter. Mm-hmm. It's like, what do we care about in gaming? Games. And they make great the games. And as long as they continue to make great games, they'll be a part of the discussion. Mm-hmm. Whether or not they'll be a part of the discussion of like innovation in the industry or moving things forward. Well, that's really a ball in their court, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I mean, they haven't really done it yet. Yeah. Is the thing. Like, yeah, you could say their hardware is impressive, but that's about it. Like, where else are they innovating in these spaces, right? Um, Xbox is leagues a- ahead of them in terms of that. Yeah, and has the resources and infrastructure to continue driving that. Mm-hmm. It's, um, yeah, it's a rough conversation right there. <laughs> I think they're always going to be successful in their own right. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't, I don't think microsoft buying crash bandicoot means that sony's gonna go the way of sega mm-hmm. you know where it's, yeah, exactly. where it's like oh i guess we're gonna have to have ghost of shishima and last of us on the xbox to compete anymore mm-hmm. no i don't that's not gonna happen i mean if anything maybe this will be like their impetus to finally have like a first party playstation shooter right um like their response mm-hmm. to halo or something like that yeah I would be interested to see what that could be because they don't have a headliner like that, right? No. And honestly, like we were talking, like their well-rounded profiles hurting these days. They all feel like imitations of one another. I think like a real thing to shore up like your IP and like catalog is like get back to what made Sony really cool in the first place, right? Like mm-hmm. have, you know, I know uh, Shuhei Yoshida is still out there doing stuff in the indie space. Like push that in the forefront where you can. Have a good like Sony specific shooter, have indie games, action games, like everything. Make it a full catalog. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you're right. That bench depth isn't quite there for Sony, mm-hmm. even with the things that I do like. But I would say like some of the experiences that Sony does, mm-hmm. um, Xbox is bad about. Yeah. Um, in fact, that's why Xbox, like, they didn't have an open world game that was worth a shit. Mm-hmm. Why did they buy Bethesda? <laughs> you know? True. Like, there was no fucking Or a lot of headliner. their yeah. promising titles got canceled. Yep. Right? Like, Scalebound. Scalebound, uh, whatever happened to Fable 4. Mm-hmm. Gonzo. I don't There might be a Fable in development. Mm-hmm. I don't think anything's happening. Who knows? <laughs> Is Fable even an IP that we, we would fucking, like, come out in droves for? No. No, I, I liked Fable 1 and 2 a lot, so I'm excited to see what, what that new thing is. Mm, 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 but mm, it doesn't it feel weird that, like, they almost feel like they're kind of still behind each other in ways, right? Like, Xbox is shoring up to make the response to Sony's impressive catalog. Sony is slowly making ground to respond to Microsoft as an ecosystem with fucking Spartacus. So it's like, they're still doing their, their own things and being impressive in their own ways. And maybe in five years, they'll finally be neck and neck again and being like, hey, we both have impressive catalogs. We both have streaming infrastructure, subscriptions that, you know, you want to be a part of. Mm-hmm. We shall see. I think, yeah, if we really want to like compete neck and neck, though, the answer isn't an imitation service. The answer is doing something that also disrupts mm-hmm. um, not just the competition, but maybe even the industry. Mm. I don't know that Sony has that kind of vision, unfortunately, because mm. they're good at acquiring talent and making sure that there's games out mm-hmm. there, right? But I don't know what that would be. Like if they were to come up and say, hey, we have a different kind of service and this is why you should invest in this. Mm-hmm. Here's why that you should, even if you were like, you know, I have enough scratch for both Game Pass and whatever they're doing. Mm-hmm. Why would I want your service? I'm not sure what it would be. It would have to be something disruptive where it's like, oh, shit, really? You know, like, I, I don't know. I don't know what that would be. Fucking make your own NFTs in the fucking games. 
fucking PS Plus is the blockchain. Jeez. <laughs> I don't know. Is, is there anything, like, Microsoft can do at this point for you as a consumer to, like, sway you? Like, make, maybe make you spend more time in their ecosystem versus Sony's? Yeah, I guess that would be um, uh, exclusively buying up the rights to Resident Evil. <laughs> yeah, that'll <laughs> that do a, it. That's a very targeted approach for me. <laughs> <laughs> so if you want me to spend more money with you guys, yeah. Take take the one IP that I would go anywhere for, even the Switch. Mm. <laughs> Please God, not the Switch. But, yeah. They've tried it. Yeah, otherwise, um, I, I, I got the Xbox. You know, I got Game Pass. It's great. Mm-hmm. I think... Um, it would be my timeshare would be a little different if I ended up getting the Series X before the PS5 mm-hmm. because a lot of the games that are on Game Pass I had to purchase already for PS5 or already own. Mm-hmm. But there's like other things where like, oh yeah, I never really dove into this or here and there. But I would feel like my time is still primarily on my PS5 right now because mm-hmm. most of my library is there, especially from PS4 because mm-hmm. I did not invest any fucking time in Xbox One. Yeah, I think you stuck with maybe their core franchises, mm-hmm. but that was it. Like yeah. Dead Rising, Gears of War, Halo, yeah, that was all, kind of it for you. All third-party games were played on the PS5. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I used the Xbox One only for exclusives. And now, they've changed, like, the, the nature of it, where it's like, oh, there's third-party games ha- happening on Game Pass. Mm-hmm. So, I don't have to spend the money on PlayStation. You might see me go after those games first, and there would be, like... I'm wondering. I'm, I'm still curious. I'm wondering how that's going to shake out when third-party games do release for PS5 mm-hmm. and are on Game Pass. I may not. I just buy less games. Yeah, yeah. You're <laughs> awesome. gonna see. I think you're gonna see a dip uh, in terms of people maybe buying full-price games mm-hmm. that they can get across the two, right? Because if you tell me like. I don't know what's a third party game fucking Assassin's Creed right tell me the new Assassin's Creed is free on Games Pass or I have to pay 70 bucks for the PS5 version probably gonna just play it on Game Pass if I had the two consoles right obviously like I'm locked on the PS5 right now so that's all I have so if I want to play it I thought the same thing like like if um the next Assassin's Creed is day and date on Game Pass um I heard that Ubisoft is trying to do something with Mm -hmm. with Xbox I forget what then I don't have to buy it on PS5 I'm good to go like I'm okay Cool, thank you. Yeah, and with that, you're going to start to see some like sunken costs on Sony's end where they're going to stop seeing as much revenue from yeah. these like third-party relationships. I think the, the thing that also kind of hurts is the parity between these consoles. Mm. There is no difference between playing a third-party game on PS5 and playing it on Series X. None. Zero. There is no fidelity difference. There's mm. no... Yeah, they're, they're, they're just so like, if it comes down to it... It's going to literally boil down to the choice of, is this free on Game Pass? Not going to buy it from mm-hmm. PS5 anytime soon. <laughs> there you go. Done. Yeah, because so. yeah, you don't see Sony right now doing anything development-specific for their third-party stuff. Second-party, yeah, in ways, because some of their second-party studios, they consider first-party studios. Yeah, they act like it, yeah. yeah. So yeah, there wouldn't... Yeah, it comes down to that nature. But uh, yeah. I guess another question that comes up from this is uh we kind of talked about it you know acquiring these smaller companies but what about the big ones hmm. your ea your ubisoft yep. your uh i guess square is kind of big i said take two take two right i feel like we're in a whole new world mm-hmm. where anything can happen you know oh brave new world with such console manufacturers in it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. do you see a future where microsoft buys sony could they? Would it be possible? Mm. Sony's got a lot of debt. They do. 
They for sure do. I don't know. That's a tough one because I, you, you can maybe make the argument if Sony was like strictly a North American based company, maybe, mm-hmm. but I don't think the people out fucking East will allow it. Nope. <laughs> I do not think the fucking big execs uh, are going to allow that. Fucking Kazurai will fucking die before he ever lets that happen in it'll his be, legacy. <laughs> it'll be like that time Ubisoft fought for their life against Vivendi. Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> They'd be like, fuck no, we don't want this. <laughs> no, I, and I wouldn't even want to see it, right? I mean, we, we joked, well, maybe we didn't joke about it back in the day, but like when, when Nintendo was kind of weirdly in, in the public conscious and not a, a good way anymore in the Wii U days before the Switch came out and kind of really made people believe that they could be a good hardware developer again, yeah. we're like, oh, they should just become a, a software publisher. Should be a Sega. Yeah, just be a Sega and, you know let one of the big companies buy them out but they they swung back and now they have their new identity about them and it's really great to see i think that's that's too much right let fucking microsoft sony nintendo buy the publishers as they want to but like i still think we need like the big three because Mm -hmm. within it you get interesting fostered ecosystems and creativity and unique branded games right like I don't know. I like knowing that I can go to Nintendo for certain experiences versus Sony versus Microsoft. Right. So, I don't know. It'd be too homogenized. Yeah, I that'd agree. be very antitrust, Kevin. It would be. <laughs> the trust is gone. You know. Yeah, I I, I feel the same. I don't want to see a merged industry mm-hmm. <laughs> in that way because no. I feel like. Yeah, interesting experiences would just bottom out Mm -hmm. after a while. I mean, if we look back on what's happening with Disney, right? Like, it is becoming a regular cadence of getting certain things, and it's becoming too much. And you're seeing fatigue with it across the board. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Too much Star Wars. That Book of Boba looks bad. Looks terrible. I heard the Bad Batch was good, though. What is that? I heard. I don't know. What is that? The Bad Batch? Oh, it's a cartoon one, right? Yeah, I don't don't watch that. Visions was cool. Visions was pretty cool. Visions was cool. I'm waiting for Mandalorian 3, though. Season 3? Yeah, they paused uh, production because of the old COVID. Mm. Again. It's kind of hard to make TV shows and not get people COVID. Yeah, but half your cast, they're fucking armored up. They're wearing masks. (laughs) That's true. This is the way. (laughs) See, listen. The Mandalorian isn't an (laughs) anti-masker. How did they let that... That That Gina... (laughs) How did they let her on set? What happened? I think it explain her is her character just like well she went back to her home planet yeah or she fell in a snorlax pit or whatever it's a snorlax pit <laughs> a snorlax sat on her <laughs> this is going to be an interesting thing because I feel like with the Activision Blizzard controversy and lawsuit we kept saying yeah we're going to keep talking about this through the weeks through the year it's going to be an ever going conversation. Same with this thing. I feel like more news is going to pop around it. Didn't see this one coming, though. I did not see it. No, I did not wake up the morning of January 18th and <laughs> thought that this is what I was going to be seeing on the timeline. Yeah. The, the wordle on the timeline was fucking scattered and everybody was talking about this. And it was it was crazy. I don't know. A lot of people are saying like, oh, I didn't have this on my 2022 bingo card. It's like, no, the fuck I didn't. No. Nope. Because it seems like the last thing you would want to do. Oh, I'm going to buy one of the most toxic public <laughs> terrible companies right now what the fuck but maybe this was the best time for them to do it because of maybe. the toxicity and yeah. the bullshit going on right and the fact that they're delaying all these blizzard games because oops they didn't realize that blizzard takes 10 years to release a game i mean i we all knew that as consumers <laughs> yeah we all knew that i don't understand like activision really done thought that they could go in there and be like you're gonna be like call of duty and coming out with diablos every week mm-hmm. fuck you what that doesn't make sense the quality would go down Oh, Bobby Kotek. Bobby Kotek, what hell are you from? (laughs) 
don't want to sing songs about Bobby Kotick. No. <laughs> I want to put him in the ground. <laughs> Shit. Just go away, Bobby. Go away today. Or, you know the song from The Office, Goodbye Toby? Yeah. That, but Goodbye Bobby. Goodbye Bobby. Bobby it's been nice. Hope you find your paradise. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Kevin, this has been a doozy. I want his topic. money. You want his money? Yeah. But I would do the Joker thing and just burn it. Oh. Yeah. It's a power play right With there. that oil drum. <laughs> <laughs> just it's a great scene. it all up, right? I saw, I saw this funny thing um, where this woman uh, wrote her boyfriend's... This is on the anti-work subreddit, by the way. Mm-hmm. She wrote her boyfriend's um, resignation letter and doesn't have a printer so she asked her manager to print it out without context and all all she said was hey print this out and the pdf was titled resignation letter and the guy's response like what the hell kind of a power play is this (laughs) i want to see like like phil do that (laughs) hey hey, bobby can you print this out yeah print this out real quick i'm a dumb bitch and i'm resigning today (laughs) that's it and that's the end of mr kotek until the Epstein trial drags him in. Is there ties to him and all that? There's an Activision email that was in one of those fucking whatever they looked at. Who could have been from Activision, though? Who has who rubs elbows with the powerful and rich? <laughs> could be anyone. Could be Crash Fantic. No, not Crash. Not out there on that island. No, get off the island, Crash. <laughs> I mean, he's perfectly dressed for it. He's got no shirt. He's got board shorts. He's fine. He's good. Oh no! <laughs> well, there you go. That's the end of this episode. I I don't know how to dismount from this because it's it's like still one of those things that like I've I've been thinking about every day and like there's new thoughts about it across the timeline. Suddenly, everybody's an industry analyst or like big brain thinking about games and acquisitions. Yeah, uh, I I have small brain at times. I'm not an uh, analyst at all. You know. Oh yeah. Uh, I can't think about some of the big stuff. I can think about some of my wants and wishes. I think it's fucking crazy to see happen. I want to see these spreadsheets. I want to see these dashboards, some quick sites, some tableaus. I want to mm-hmm. see where the money's going. I want to see the basis points. <laughs> Show me your red. Show me your greens and your blacks. Show me that MOM. Not your mom. The month over month, motherfucker. <laughs> You can imagine Phil like just fucking strutting into like the ABK offices. Show me your MOMs. Show Bobby. me your MOMs. <laughs> Show me what that bandicoot do. <laughs> <laughs> and he he's just wearing like a hoodie and he opens it ever so slightly mm-hmm. and on it says World of Warcraft 2. <laughs> and people are like, what the f- we work here and we don't know this. <laughs> What's going on? Phil, what are you doing here? Kicks up his fucking feet on the desk and he's like so, I guess you know what I want to talk about today. <laughs> Titan on it? What, what, what's going on the here? fuck? Titan? Are you serious? <laughs> or what is it? Starcraft Ghost? He has a Starcraft Ghost shirt on? <laughs> what was the one thing, this is totally sidebar, but like when somebody came out on stage wearing like a Call of Duty 4 hat? Where was that? Oh, I forget who that was, but it was um, it was Black Ops Four. Yeah, and because like it looked like the three logo, but it had a fourth one, and yeah. people like went conspiracy mad. Yeah, but it was like, yeah, that's for 
of course they're making another Black Ops. Mm-hmm. Are you fucking are you kidding yeah. me? I could see <laughs> Phil just slowly seeding ideas like that, just wearing merchandise that hints at like yeah. sequels and new things. Right, crazy shit mm. from like the annals mm. of Activision history, or just like seeding it into like their software and shit. Like you fucking open up a Teams meeting and then you have a fucking background for Overwatch too. Like what, what's going on here? What is it? There's a there's a two. <laughs> Bobby kept on delaying that. <laughs> Bobby didn't like the amount of diversity in it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Kept on side-eyeing the whole team. <laughs> can we leave this episode? I think we can. All I right. don't. I, I really don't know how to dismount from so much news and so much craziness, but we're going to do it. Okay. Do you want me to, like, fucking, like, launch a flare? <laughs> yes! Fucking launch a flare! Get us out of here! <laughs> into your vaulted <laughs> ceiling. <laughs> Try not to fucking set off the smoke alarm like we do on a regular basis. Uh, I was making chicken that day, mm-hmm. and it was smoky. There was one time I was making fucking eggs, and it went off, and I'm yeah. just like, God, these fucking smoke detectors are so sensitive. Well, you should feel good, because if we even have a small fire, we'll know about it. That's true. Mm-hmm. Smoke? Detectors working. <laughs> well, if you wanted to, can we end this? Thing? Yeah, I was gonna say. <laughs> Good thing smoke detectors. Wanna... I, was, I was gonna do a Twitter plug, but I don't that's, know how to Twitter plug. Listen to the same room. Check your smoke detectors. <laughs> Happy twenty twenty two. Check your smoke detectors. <laughs> if you're having unreasonable memory loss, you might want to check the carbon monoxide uh, detector as well. That's a work from home tip. That is a good work from home tip. One day, like, we wake up just having forgotten that this whole acquisition happened, and then we just <laughs> happen to find out that we've been carbon monoxide poisoned. I found out because months. in the background of all my Zoom calls, I saw Pennywise the Clown smiling at me. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, this is the stopping point. This is where we <laughs> ended. Guys, thank you for listening. If you wanted to give us some love, uh, like I said earlier, throw us a five-star rating uh, on your favorite podcast service. If you want to give us a follow on Twitter... At Save Room Show. Boom. And, as Bobby Kotek always says, they all float down here.